Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're all here because we're committed to exploring space. Hello and welcome back to Core, everyone. Or if you're here for the first time, welcome to it. This is where we talk about video games and all the stuff surrounding them, whether it's the big business stuff or the weird little tweak we had to do to one of our controllers to make something work. I don't know, everything in between. It's a big sandwich of content here on the podcast. We're glad to have you here. You really need to edit that clip at the beginning to where... Instead of her saying space, you put Tim Curry saying space. Hold on. We're all here because we're committed to exploring space. What? Space. <laughs> oh, space. I should have done yeah, that. Yeah. Like, dude, Google search Tim Curry space. You'll find it. Just throw that on top of it. Let's make it the right clip that it needs to be. I'm pretty sure I've captured that at one point in my life, and I don't know where I put it. Let's see if this is it. Nope. How about this? I was born in space. No, that is not it. I don't know where it is now. How about this one? Today, the United... Nope, that's not it either. All right, I'll find it later. Hey, it's me, Scott Johnson, Bo Schwartz, and John Jagger. Bringing it to you. Bringing the heat. All right? And we're going to do something a little bit different at the top of the show. First of all, sorry about the delay. We're like two days late. Uh, uh, First of all... I will take full blame for for the delay. I got really sick on some what we think turned out to be some bad chicken uh, in the fridge. And I don't recommend eating two-week-old chicken. Don't do it to yourself. Just assume that if it's been there that long, probably shouldn't eat it. Uh, highly recommend against it. But uh, also, John was sick, so it probably didn't hurt. We gave him a little respite during, uh, during that time. But it's uh, Saturday, and we're back doing a show. And so instead of jumping straight to video games, we thought it'd be really dumb and stupid if we jumped instead to a little movie homework that John and I gave each other last week. And that was this. We were supposed to go watch these two movies that both of us like individually that the other hadn't seen yet. And mine was to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005. And John's was to watch Heat from 1994. Uh, Heat, of course, you know, in my mind, one of the greatest films ever made. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, kind of under my radar, never really heard of it or was around for whatever whatever splash it may have made. But your Robert Downey Jr., your Val Kilmer, your uh, the whole bunch of people, uh, Shane Black is your director and writer. Uh, you know him from like, what's the, not Goodfellas, what's it called? Good Friends, Good Pals, what's it called? Him and... Um, 
the good, good friends. friends. No, the one movie. that's a more recent one. It's set in the oh, 70s. Oh, the good guys. The good, the guys, good guys. That's <laughs> it. The good guys. The great friends. The great friends. Um, anyway, so, and I like Shane Black. I liked him in Predator when he was acting, uh, and I like his movies for the most part. I even like Iron Man 3, which I know is not, not that a popular of an opinion, but I think it's fine. So I was excited. John's like, yeah, I'll watch Heat. So we both did our homework, right, John? You watched Heat? I did. I watched Heat. And I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And uh, I think I'll go first because you'll hear why. All right. So I rented it uh, because it's not streaming anywhere regularly. Like, it's just a thing to stream. So I rented the movie. And I expected something very different than I got. But I thought I was going to get, based on previous reviews and other stuff, is I thought it was more like kind of Tarantino-y a little bit. Yeah. Like uh, an attempt to be sort of this, not hardcore, but like, you know, super crimey, funny moments that are uncomfortably funny, this sort of thing. Just kind of a, you know, like seeing Pulp Fiction or something is what I went in there expecting. Pulp Fiction, uncomfortably funny. Yeah, uncomfortably (laughs) funny. And uh, it's not really that at all, actually. It's a little more madcap, a little more, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know a good word for this. It's like slapstick. It's not, see, slapstick's too far, but, but it's somewhere in between all that. Um, it's a little on the goofy side. It's once again, Shane Black's dialogue is what pops because it's all about these conversations they're having while stuff's happening. So if there's like a, a wild action scene happening, you can also count on him and Val Kilmer having really great dialogue back and forth. And that delivered definitely on that point. But I think I came away thinking it was just a little on the goofball side. And I don't know why. I don't know what is the deal is. Robert Downey Jr. accidentally peed on a dead body. Yeah, that was funny, though. I <laughs> laughed at that. I mean... <laughs> But that, but also it was from that point forward, I thought with that body, I thought that that was going to set the tone, but it kind of, it kind of went, they got to LA and things just stayed glitzy and sort of, I don't know how to describe this. It is a movie from 2005 that I can confirm. It feels like 05 without, without any real great way of defining what 05 felt like, but that's what that year of films felt like to me. And this fit right in. Did I have a good time? Yes. I, did I like it? Would I recommend it? Yes. Did I walk away thinking it was one of the greatest movies ever? No, but I still really enjoyed it. All right, Is that, that's my review. I'll give it a it seven. Seems fair. That's my a seven, seven out of ten. Ooh, a seven. That's a good score. <laughs> yeah, my understanding is that's you know like things that take depending a while to get on into. who you ask. Uh, but my my understanding is that seven has yeah. a lot of numbers lower than it and not that many numbers higher than it. And yeah. that's actually very good for a movie. I will say that I, I like that it's like Val Kilmer toward the end of his his time before his uh, before his cancer came. And so it's fun to see him in his element like that. And it you know made me a little sad because I just feel bad about him since. But um, Robert Downey Jr. pre-Tony Stark is, is kind of fun, you know? Yeah, like, this different. was actually his first like... This was like his first comeback movie, and it didn't take off, obviously. So Iron Man gets all the credit, but he did this before Iron Man. Mm-hmm. A few and, years. Uh, yeah, Val Kilmer is Gay Perry, the private eye, yeah. uh, is fantastic. And I do some of the dialogue in there, like when he says, uh, do you know what you'll find if you look up idiot in the dictionary, Robert Downey Jr. says, my, my picture of me. And he goes, no, the definition for the word idiot, which you effing are. 
Yeah, he was great. I mean, there were really yeah, great things so about good. it. so good. I just, by the end, felt like I was on a bit of a madcap journey that... that it's a weird movie. Yeah. Fingers get cut off in doors and eaten by dogs. Yeah. Oh, and I really like her. Uh, what's, what's her name? Um, she was in Mission Impossible 3. Can I think of her name? She was... Uh, oh. So many things. Anyway, Michelle Monaghan, that's it. Just came to me. Spider gets squished in a boob. Yep. Spider boob. Uh, although they never really, I never really got any good resolution on that spider. I wanted to know where the frick that thing went. But she's great. I like Michelle Monaghan. I like all these actors. I like the director and the writer. It was fine. It was good. I liked it. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. John, Heat is considered one of the greatest films of all time. So let's see if that's true. Uh, so, yeah, he always comes up whenever you hear people talk about heist movies, which is exactly why I didn't want to watch it, because I don't particularly enjoy heist movies. I like heists more as a theory, but every time I watch heist movies, I'm like, it's all kind of the same thing. Mm. And when you think about something, if somebody always goes, oh, heat is the quintessential like kind of heist movie or whatever. You go, oh, well, that must be where all these tropes I don't like come from. Mm. So I kind of expected going in that I was just going to see a bunch of lame tropes that I didn't like. What I got instead was a movie where I am confused why more people aren't trying to copy this and instead are making movies like Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) Um, And I I was like genuinely surprised. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really good. Mm. Um, I I liked... uh, just about everything about he, I did have a weird moment. I want to just point out very early on because mm. it has a very recognizable cast, be they like big names or just people that you point to and you go, Oh, you know, well-known character actors. Um, but it got to the new guy on the crew um, and it cut to him and I was like, he looks really familiar. And then I went, Oh, I know who he is. That's the guy who played Buffalo Bill in silence of the lambs. Yep. And I was so certain of that. And then all of a sudden, the guy who played Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs walked in as a different character. Different and I guy. went, yeah. oh, shit, that's not him. Who the hell is this first guy? Yeah. Like, it was really wild. I was 100% convinced that was him. And then the actual guy showed up a little bit later in the movie. Um, so that was strange. Yeah. But uh, I did like it. I will say this. Al Pacino's performance in this movie is uh, of Nicolas Cage levels look at that ass or whatever he says he (laughs) is absolutely unhinged and i wouldn't necessarily want it a different way like i think it certainly makes the character more interesting but if i had one complaint uh i actually really don't like the ending to this movie Mm. and i think the reason i don't like the ending to this movie is al pacino's unhinged like crazy detective performance made me like I appreciate the performance, but it made me really not like him. Whereas Robert De Niro's very professional, very attentive to detail like personality made me like him. Mm. So by the end, I'm rooting for De Niro. And when Al Pacino wins in a way that doesn't exactly make sense to me, Mm. um, because, you know, like it's a whole thing with the lights of the airport coming on. And I thought De Niro was specifically waiting for them to come on because Al Pacino wouldn't be able to see and he'd have a clear shot at him. That's what made sense to me. But then it turns out it just worked the other way. It just gave him a warning and he was able to get the upper hand. But as a result, Al Pacino won the whole kind of deal. And I was left kind of with a like, ah, 
Really? That's that's the guy who's going to win the day? Well, you're rooting for uh, everyone's rooting I, for De Niro at this point. We all wanted De Niro's half to win. OK, so I yeah. wasn't crazy wanting De Niro to get away with it. Like they all have their flaws and the, the movie does a very good job of showing that none of these people are particularly good. You know, Al Pacino, they do give him one moment where his stepdaughter you know, has to go to the hospital and you do see him drop everything to be with her. Natalie Portman, then, by the way, is who that yeah, is. <laughs> Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you do see a good side of him where he does drop everything and focuses on that. But as soon as he gets permission to not be there, he drops it and takes off again. And I don't think that one moment of good makes up for all the unhinged. I just got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> Like all of that business through the whole thing. It is funny that we kind of accidentally both picked Val Kilmer movies to do, don't you think? Because Kilmer's great in this. Yeah. And he, yeah, he is. Yeah. It's very good. He, is he, I think he's the only one that survives, right? Or, yes. Yeah. He's the only one that survives. Well, I don't want to. It, it's an old movie, everybody. 1994. We spoiled it. We've already said yeah. De Niro dies. Yeah, like Nobody's it's done. Yeah. It's no, done. That's true. They, their warning was last week when I said, I haven't watched Heat and I'll watch it by this week. <laughs> that was the end of it. That was your warning. You still should see Heat. It's one of Michael Mann's greatest films in this cast. I mean, you didn't even mention people like, uh, I mean, Amy Brenneman's in it. One of Tom Sizemore's best roles I ever thought I ever saw. William Fickner's in this. Yeah. Freaking um, Wes Studi, Dennis Haysbert. It's an amazing cast. It is an incredible cast. I, it doesn't really feel like a heist movie, although I do love seeing them work together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, that that was like a really cool thing to see because the whole idea is that this is a group that just does incredible things together. And sure enough, whenever they're figuring something out together, they execute really well on it. And that's part of what I enjoy about it is seeing them slowly lose members and all of a sudden their ability to perform just gets worse and worse and worse because they were a team. But yeah, like why aren't more heist movies like this one? I'd watch more movies like this. The only, I'll tell you the only other thing I didn't like is there was occasionally parts where I'm like, am I in a dream where guns don't do anything? There are some Mm. insanely long shootouts of people just going, and like nothing happening like just more people taking cover and then doing it back and like nothing's really happening Mm. and it just sort of feels like nobody's doing anything and it's just like this is a lot of shots of people just shooting automatic weapons at each other i think part of is they were showing off they were showing off some pretty groundbreaking sound design stuff with those shootouts the one in the streets with uh toward the end uh the way that that stuff echoed and like bounced between buildings is still you put headphones on you feel like you're hearing something for the first time it's incredibly cool so i think some of that was them you know i don't know indulging perhaps hard to say yeah. but but uh all right so give us a score out of 10 where are we at with you um i'd probably give this a nine oh, that's pretty good a nine's pretty hey, good I like i kind of lean eight or nine i don't really like doing the points uh because i feel like you already got a scale of 10 you know you, sh- you should be able to pick a number so i'll be i'm feeling good about it i'd say nine all right nine's good i think nine for heat is a solid uh review and the good news is michael mann is back making movies and this has something come up, coming up in the next couple of months or next month or so so watch for it and if you've never seen collateral 
holy shit, you need to watch Collateral. You might not even like, look, you might hate Jamie Foxx and you might hate Tom Cruise. You should still see Collateral. Wait. So good. Which one is Collateral? Hold on. I might have seen that because I've seen both those actors in a movie. Is that where he's the cab driver? Yes. I love that movie. Yeah, that's a Michael Mann joint. Oh my joint. gosh, I love that movie. That Mike. movie is so good. Yeah, that movie's I did, fantastic. I never remember the name, but that's with blonde hitman Tom Cruise, right? Yep, blonde, yeah, the frosted tips Tom Cruise, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, that, so good. that movie's great. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm with you, 100%. Watch, watch that right now. So good. All right. Enough about movies. We just thought we'd have a little fun top of show stuff. Okay, everybody? Don't worry. Glad We're talking. You guys enjoyed these movies. Yeah, we, what? Need to give, we need to give Bo a movie to watch. Yeah, Bo, what do you want to see? Although last time no, we good. gave Bo a movie to watch, people won't leave him alone about it. I'm good. I don't want to give my opinions on movies. All oh, right. I forgot <laughs> about that. You still get hit shit for the, for the D&D movie. I don't know. Uh, just if, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be somebody that, somewhere that likes something. Yeah. I'm sure people, there's somebody mad about me about Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. I, don't know. I haven't really watched much of anything lately anyway, so it's all good. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll if Ahsoka is all we're thinking about. Baldur's Gate 3 is a full-time job. Yeah. Bo got interviewed on the news, and the little thing under his name was local D&D movie hater. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he just, he's got to yeah, escape exactly. the labels. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be an uphill battle, but we're here to help you. We're here to support you. And uh, now we're going to talk about the games we played. Not really. We're going to talk about the games uh, of uh, that are too expensive. All right. How about game services that are too expensive? Check this out. PlayStation Plus increased their pricing. All right. Last July, uh, Game Pass, just to be fair, also re- uh, upped their pricing. But they only upped it two bucks on top of the monthly fee. All right. So they upped it $16.99 from $14.99 for Game Pass Ultimate. PlayStation Plus price increases are causing a bit of a freak out. For a lot of players, 33% increase for Essential alone. Uh, people aren't very happy about it. I feel like we're getting experimented on, but let's break down the prices first. PlayStation Plus Essential uh, was $59.99 a year. It is now $7.99, sorry, $79.99 a year. So that's up $20. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra was $99.99 for a full year. It is now $134.99 per year. And PS Plus Premium, eleven nineteen nineteen a year. It is now going to be one fifty nine ninety nine per year. Uh, these are—I don't think these are small. You have to pay it all at once. You do if you want to get the yearly discount, but the increases will also happen to month to monthers as well. The problem that I ran into is I could not find for the for the to save my life what that price is going to be. So currently, if you pay fourteen ninety nine for say the extra level the middle level which is what i was subscribed to i don't know what in october that goes up to if i'm only doing the month to month if i had to guess that's now going to be closer to 20 bucks and premium um, will be like 24 i mean because these so the prices you gave even with the increases are still cheaper than what game pass ultimate is on well a basis. unless you buy game pass ultimate on a yearly as well so you can do the same thing and save money I don't know. Oh, I don't know if there's a, yeah, there is, there's an, there's a yearly, I just don't have those numbers in front of me, but you can do the same thing. That's why I think it's weird because they haven't put anywhere in any of this talk. They haven't talked about what the monthlies would go to, and maybe they're not changing. Maybe 1499 for extra will stay where it is because that's, that's still, sorry, even if you paid for the yearly, you're still going to be paying under that per month because that's why you buy the yearly. 
to be fair, like the article linked in Forbes that we have sort of supporting our discussion today says time to cancel PlayStation Plus as Sony quietly raises prices through the roof. But I, I don't see it being more expensive than Game Pass. Well, I guarantee it's more expensive than Game Pass. I'm like, why, why? All your so you're if you're thinking month to month, maybe. But if you're looking at yearly, that's where the increase came from. Thirty three percent on the yearly charge, which is still less per month than buying it month to month. But I think the reason that they haven't announced not announced, the reason they haven't talked about month to month subscribers like me is because I don't think those prices are changing. They're staying right where they are, and those are on par with month to month for Game Pass. But if you're looking at yearly, and the one that counts would be PlayStation Plus Extra, that's the closest to what Game Pass is. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate is. Game Pass Ultimate, I should have had this earlier. Yearly is, hold on. Uh, Game Pass Year Ultimate 12 month. Here we go. 12 months on Game Pass Ultimate is, where's the price? Uh, yeah, so I'm, these are Canadian, but it's so PC Game Pass is eleven ninety nine. Ultimate Game Pass eighteen ninety nine. Obviously, it's a little bit cheaper. So I'm guessing like ten ninety nine or ten bucks American. It's well here it's sixteen ninety nine if you yeah. do month to month. If you're doing yearly, that's the part I can't find. Uh, I don't have a yearly like I have my Xbox app open. I don't see a buy for a year. On do here. they not have a yearly buy? I've never seen one for Xbox. I think it's only PlayStation that does the yearly. Oh, I could so, have sworn they had a yearly. Maybe they don't. All that to say, I'm not sure why this article is like griping about PlayStation when Xbox is also like they're about evenly priced. Well, maybe you can argue one is better than the other. Well, I mean, I think it comes down to it comes down to I I do think they're doing a disservice by saying like, "Hey, time to cancel it." Like that, you know, there's Oh yeah, I don't care about them. Don't they, th- yeah. That doesn't matter, but right. I do think that like in general people are upset and it's not because comparing apples to apples with Microsoft. I think it's regardless of what Microsoft's charging, their cost is going up, and I think the problem with it um is that I don't think Sony has said or made clear enough what value those customers are going to get for that price increase, if any. Well, right now, nothing more than the current service. And I think most people are assuming that. They're just assuming like, oh, we're just being charged more. And a 33% price increase for the service to just continue as is uh, in a lot of people's mind is not a value. That's 100% the point. 33% is a giant jump for any service. So, so Xbox hasn't gone up lately? Well, in it July, did. they went up the 2 bucks a month. The standard one went up $1. The Ultimate went up $2, and there was no change for the PC. Right. That was back in July. On uh, In Sony's case, so I guess I guess what I'm saying is you're and I think you're right, Bo. I cannot find a yearly for for Microsoft. They no, must I don't not think do they it. do a yearly. I mean, I think there was a news story a little bit ago that they were getting rid of it as an option. Maybe that's what happened. I I, and I could it. be wrong, but I rem- I vaguely remember that. But I just remember stuff where it was like, hey, if you go on Amazon right now, you can get a year of Game Pass for such and such price. And I now that that's not showing up anywhere, they must have removed it. They also got rid of their dollar trial, fourteen day trial. Um, 
I think as of this week, that's over. So that you can no longer try the service out for a buck, uh, which is probably fine. That was a that's a very early birdie thing they did in the very early days of this whole thing. But but the point of it is a thirty three percent price hike on any service. So forget about the comparison. Let's say Xbox doesn't exist. You're just a Sony player, and you are now being asked to pay thirty three percent more than you were before. I'd be mad. That's a lot. That's a big increase for, and they haven't come out and said they're giving you anything else. If they are, they're keeping it close to the vest. They're not adding to the service or saying to coincide with this price increase, you're also going to get an extra free game. They don't, they aren't doing that. It's just is what it is. And it's experiencing a massive price increase. I think Sony made two major mistakes with it. Like mistake. Number one was the way they announced it. It was not, a big announcement where they said, "Hey, everybody, you know we're we're gonna have to raise prices on PlayStation Plus. Here's why." This was a little blurb at the bottom of their. Here's what you're getting this month for PlayStation Plus. Here's what the free games are gonna be. Oh, by the way, prices are increasing by thirty three percent across all tiers. Yeah. Like it was that. It was that like Toy Story. And meeting, uh, Andy's birthday has been moved today. Like, just throw the bad news in real quick, light at the end, and everybody goes, what? What are you talking about? That's not a great way to announce it. Um, So I think that's problem number one. You're not putting the word out in a good way. And I think, again, number two, if somebody says to me you're going to be paying 33% more for any service, uh, I go, why? And... If their answer is, I don't know, because, you know, inflation or whatever, like that's a hard sell. And, you know, I I think Sony, even diehard Sony fans, I'm seeing them go, I don't think this is a great move. I don't don't love this. If it came with a like, here's we're going to be using this to justify bringing newer games to the service. That would be one thing, but there's no indication that that's going to be the case. You know, Spider-Man 2, if you want to play Spider-Man 2, doesn't matter what tier of PlayStation Plus you're signed up for, you're spending $70 on that video game when it comes out in addition to that. Hmm. So there's no uh, there's no features. There's no... Scott talked about it a couple weeks ago where it seemed a little weird that major PlayStation titles get cycled off of their free service. So... Uh, I think it might have been Spider-Man, the first one, or maybe even Miles Morales, but it was free to play. Then the next month came and it was now no longer on the service anymore. And if they came out and said, hey, you know, that this is a financial decision to where we can keep those offerings up on the store longer. I think that's something to consider. But the problem is they haven't said anything and it's not hard to fault people going why am I paying more money for a service that I wish was better? I mean, Bo, do you think 33% isn't that much of an increase? Oh, I know. I mean, it, I would, it would give me, uh, um, it would be uh, all the price increases, whether it's like any streaming service, whether it's video or out of control right now. Like yeah. pretty much streaming TV is dead for me, like TV and games, like the whole, the fun, the honeymoon's over and everyone's scrambling for bucks. So yeah. I'm not really that interested in subscribing to 500 different things. And even I was just about to gripe I, when I launched the Xbox app, it launched my Riot client and my EA client automatically. And Microsoft hijacked my Chrome to made my default start page Bing in the past week as well. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. 
But uh, I'm not no, too, I'm not too pleased with Microsoft. Funny. But um, switch it to what, Bing. Wow. Yeah, just hey, here's well, Bing. Get him on Bing. And then a little pop-up came up. You should consider switching to. I'm like, leave my computer alone. It's not your personal ad billboard. Like, anyways, <laughs> and you know, I control what's happening on my system, not you. Get out, get out of here. Yeah. But uh, I'm such a I'm such a grognard or whatever they call those guys. <laughs> such a grognard. <laughs> such a crank when it comes to the, like these these my PC. It has to be the way I said it. But um, what was it? So so play. It's terrible, obviously, and. I think when I in the article later, it uses this as a launchpad just to discuss that very issue. Here's another thing going up, man. It's irritating because everything's going up, yeah. and maybe it's a lot, but like, it's still they had one of their best quarters last quarter. The, it's How still did, in the price. It's in the price range of Xbox, and you know they're doing the, the. I think that's what all these things do. All these streaming services do. It's like, what if we crank it up a dollar? What if we crank it up $2? Oh, too much. Okay. Then we'll cool off and not crank it up for a little while. But if they, they probably look at the sub count in relation to their cranking up. And if they don't see a dip, then they are just going to keep doing it. You know, yeah, so like, that's why I was saying if, to if, high, high water, but if, you know, but that's what I was saying. That's why I feel like I'm being experimented on. I feel like I'm being yeah. corporately poked well, at and to see what I'm willing to do. And I don't like that feeling. I hate it's it. It's happening. It's not just in games. It's happening at like the in grocery. It's happening like all over in a big way this past year with COVID being done. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're registering it on this small scale of 10, 20 bucks a month because we're we pay attention to games and what's going on there. But it's it's happening everywhere. Yeah, uh, it's like five dollars for a bottle of Pepsi or something like that. You know, like it's crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I don't like. I don't think I think streaming services I think everyone should just unsub until they figure it out yeah like there's a reason why we started these subscription services to counteract piracy like you know I'm not advocating for for that but, but it's too expensive so I'm gonna find other ways to entertain myself like yeah. I don't well it drove me I'm to really cancel bad. my yearly upgrade because I'm not paying 33% sounds crazy to me. And it's already a service that's, it's fine. I like it. I like PlayStation plus extra. The middle one's fine. It's like a good selection of games and it's stuff I wanted to try. wouldn't have otherwise. And you know, a lot of the DNA that for the reasons I've, I've enjoyed game pass in the past, they're there. It's just, that's a lot to say. That's a lot to ask for a renewal. Say, Oh, you know, sorry, it's this much more. Didn't you guys just have like the best quarter ever? Yeah, but it's okay. We need more. No, you don't. This is where I'm irritated. It'd be like one an hour, minimum, that... an hour of minimum wage. Like if you're, if just if someone who works minimum wage, you're asking for that money. That's a whole hour. Of, it's a um, lot. And that uh, and that it, also goes to what Bo was saying. You know, like we talked about it. We were doing core at the time. COVID. We were celebrating like, oh, video games never been bigger than during COVID because everybody's at home and what you know the industry is experiencing a boom. We live in a world where you are expected to show profits year over year. And they're the well, there was a freak boom because everybody was at home playing video games for whatever reason does not work when you try to explain that to someone. So when COVID and pandemic and, you know, working from home and all of that went away, these companies now have to show more growth over a freak 
has to do with stuff completely outside of the industry, business boom. How do they do that? They let people go. They make cuts. They find ways to increase prices for things that are coming in. They have to show growth, despite the fact that that growth was not tied to business, not tied to the things that they were actually doing. It was tied to how people were experiencing their product. So that's why for the past couple of years, we've been seeing let go of people, let go of people. We're going to talk more about it today, about cutting companies, cutting people out of them. Because these companies have to keep saying, oh, it's the biggest it's the biggest year we've ever had. Oh, it's continuing to be big. But they don't ever say what that's on the back of. Yeah. They do when it's good. They usually don't when it's bad. And yeah. so this is this is the result of that. We need to keep showing. We need to stay in the green. Prices are going up. We'll see if people stick with it. If not, we'll find some other way to get it. Yeah, you're. I think that you said it pretty well. That's basically what this is. This is some, you know... Some, some, as much as I love free market in some ways, this is some of that side of it I don't like. And, uh, you know, somebody in the chat says they legally have to show a profit every year. I mean, it's not quite as simple as that, but they do, they have shareholder promises. And if they don't reach those promises, they can be dinged for that. So they, they're very motivated to hit their goals and to hit their, you know, go higher every year. Even if it's at the expense of regular workaday people, even if it's the expense of us or whatever, just kind of sucks, man. I don't like it. I mean, they they have to do what they have to do, so you have to do what you have to do. Just don't use it. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, tell everyone not to buy. You know, the whole boycotting conversation that's happened ten thousand times. You know, you tell people not to buy something, but then they're gonna buy it anyways. Whatever doesn't do it. You know. Yeah. But like, literally, if you know. It's they're not getting they're never going to get sent a signal to go the other direction unless they're at risk. Right. No, you're right. Failure. And even then, even then, in the face of that, you know, we look how Twitter's being managed and it's hilarious. Hmm. You know, you you would think, hey, get a crack team up to provide some real value and entice people into using that service. And no, well, they don't have any fiduciary reason to do that because it's no, a sole proprietorship. Logic now. and reason isn't always right. Exactly. We assume logic and reason will prevail in all scenarios. And that's not yeah. necessarily, but they're like, in some ways, you know, if I ever had a giant company like that steam or whatever, uh, like valve valve being still an independently owned company and not public. I think we should all be happy that that's true. Cause they don't have to answer to anyone. They just have to keep making us happy so that they're happy. I think when things go public, that's when the shit hits the fan. I never, I mean, it, it never goes well. It, it doesn't have to be good though, just because it isn't corporate or isn't um, incorporated, right? Like, also, it's a reflection of their leadership or their whatever it is. Like, I'm assuming you could be a poor business and still be, you know, private. Like, it's just different beasts, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to this stuff. I mean, it's must. It's it's highly competitive, you know. And I still, they're lucky. Not as many people are willing to learn about computers as some of us, because I don't really think there's a need to have consoles anymore at all. But, but there is. But you know, if people general education about computing devices was more mainstream and widespread, we wouldn't need consoles. You know, we'd have smaller computers for the TV and and then maybe personal computers, but. You don't need any of those devices anymore. Everything's can everything is can be done in a browser for video and like content and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, sh- sure, I do think people like the simplicity and cost of 
spending, you know, four ninety nine and having a thing that just works under your TV and you just yeah, go. they like their magic they like their magic boxes and Xbox marketing sim like I get it, you know, I was a kid too, right? And Transformers are just an excuse to sell toys they made. They didn't you know, like they were already existed at toys and they, they shoehorned them into the Transformers thing. Partly, I think. You know, no, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's 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 all a part of it. But like, I mean, at my age now, I'm just like, yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm just I've been so done with consoles forever because I, I just the computer personal computer has been so you know it's so much better of an experience for me. But I'm not saying we shouldn't have them. I'm just saying my opinion is going to be very biased because I I don't have a use for them at all. Yeah, you that's know? that's yeah. fair enough. Well, anyway, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, I canceled my yearly. I may go month to month down the road when it makes sense, but they didn't give me any real reason to stick around with my yearly subscription, which ends next in September this month. Mine ends about mid September. So I'm really glad they did it now. Well, no, I guess I would have been glad if they did it later. Cause then I would have gotten in under the lower price for the next year, but mine happens to renew right as they're making this turnover. Don't you still need that one to play online? Isn't that, yeah, isn't, it's true for Xbox too, right? If mm-hmm. you want to use online features. Correct. You don't have to have so, ultimate, but if you want to do online. So really? Xbox. You could look at it like, well, either console could just not give you any games and just charge you for online services, which was pretty much what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think when you're getting Xbox gold and stuff. So I don't know if that, if you, if you approach your value from that perspective, in both cases, you're still coming out on top and yeah, the price hike sucks, but find find an industry that isn't hiking their prices up in the past year. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. They're all doing it partly because they're all doing it. I know that sounds weird to hear that, but they literally are all doing it because they're all doing it. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you're the one person doing it, everyone's going to dogpile you. But when you all do it together, I'm not saying they're coordinating, but the first one that buys an SUV in your neighborhood, then two years later, everyone's got an SUV. Somebody call Matt Damon. We need uh, somebody (laughs) to inform here. That's right. Well, he's in every movie, so we'll find him. I'm sure we can find him. That'll be easy. All right. That's it for that. Let's talk about what we played. Whoops. That's the wrong one. That's yeah, That's the one right there. That's the one. Let's talk about games we played this week. Of course, Baldur's Gate uh, continues to be a thing. And uh, we're also going to talk today about Starfield because we also had two of us at least playing Starfield. Uh, A little bit of it anyway. Um, Let's start with John because you beat it this week. You're done with Baldur's Gate 3. Not done, but you beat it. Your first run complete. How how does it feel? What do you do next? Uh, It feels pretty good. Um, I'll just kind of give my closing thoughts on Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, spoilers for core at the end of the year. Mm. I don't imagine a world where this is not my game of the year. Mm-hmm. So oh, spoil yeah. that ahead of time. Let me be real clear how I feel about Baldur's Gate three. Um, it seems like recently every year there's at least one game that feels like, uh, like a big game changer in a way where it's just like, Oh my gosh, it just sticks with me. And it's just something I think about and just, want to wrap myself in and that was Baldur's Gate for me this year. Um it was really really good. Reason I started with that, I didn't like the ending at all. <laughs> I didn't think it ended well at well, all. You didn't like your ending. Well, so that's the thing, right? That's the big question is is it a problem with what I chose and how I played 
or is it a problem with the game? And I think that it's a problem with the game. Mm. Well, that's um, why I'm looking I don't... forward to finishing it and talking to you in a spoiler yeah, cast because I'm... I want to compare notes and maybe you're right, like what you're about to explain, but you know. You're about to ruin my experience telling me how shitty it's going to be. <laughs> I, actually, I think I'm going to make it better because I'm going to set expectations low and then maybe it will exceed your low expectations. Um, and actually, I will say this. like uh, I'm definitely not the only person who thinks this uh, yeah, because literally the day after I beat the game, a new patch for Baldur's Gate hit. One of the many fixes included in this patch fixed one of my many gripes about the ending. Mm. So, uh, Does that mean a it, technical glitch or something? It sounds like technical to me when you say that. Uh, well, I got a little bit of both, but this was actually uh, story related. Oh, like all right. They put dialogue in, they put scenes in, like work, bonus content. But I will say this, I'm not going to do any spoilers. I know we've had, you know, debate as to whether what we've said and talked about is or isn't a spoiler. I'm going to talk around this. I will not be containing it. This won't contain any spoilers for the ending. I will be talking around it, especially because I'm the only one that's beaten it so far. There of you the go. Three of us. Appreciate but it. I will say this. My first ending of the game, the one of the mini cinematics right at the end there. Uh, I did experience a bug um, oh. in the middle of it. The game. Uh, it was a very dramatic moment in the ending, and the camera panned to nothing. There was nobody standing there. It was just the, you know, because the character would be in focus, so the background would be blurry. Yeah. So I just got a blurry background and no audio at all except the music, but I knew somebody was supposed to be there and supposed to be talking because subtitles popped up. And so problem one, there was a, bug a big visual bug in your big finale like that's not good Mm-mm. issue number two it's also an extremely dramatic moment and they had literally my entire cast of characters to choose from and the person they chose to have dialogue during this dramatic moment is about as close to a comic relief character as this game has so they also randomly chose to undercut an extremely dramatic moment of the game with a comic relief why, you, character? Why are you talking about Volo that way? Dude? Volo <laughs> not play. Volo. That's <laughs> what I thought. Volo. I was sure you were going to say it was Volo. That's interesting. No, um, I won't say who it is, uh, but I'll just say that, like, if if you took a list of the party members and you said who would you want to be reacting dramatically to uh, an emotional scene, this would literally be my last choice. Mm. Um, I like the character oh, just fine, um, but I don't think that that's the character that they should pick to have in that particular moment. So um, that's kind of how I felt about that. And did you record it by chance? I didn't record it. No. Okay. I would. Yeah. It'd be fun to compare notes. That, that's we'll a, we'll just, get into it when we do our spoiler talk. We just yeah. gotta. You gotta beat um, the game, and so we'll have a big chat this, about it. And, this might be bordering on spoilers, but I am curious. Just a ballpark number. You don't have to go into specifics. Like how many allies were with you at the end? Because it's a pretty big quest you fill up as you go where people will like side with you in your need, time of need. Oh, allies? I'm not even talking about allies. I'm talking about actually controlled party members. Uh, but oh, okay. As far as allies, I had a tremendously long list. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Cool. Uh, to the point where the 
like there is a moment in this game where you kind of get a you have my axe and my bow and mm. like you kind of have that with your allies and Ugh. it was so long i was sitting there and i was like i probably should have done less side quests this is taking forever <laughs> this is taking a really long time <laughs> um but uh anyway so those are the little gripes there's more i have to say but this would be veering definitely into spoiler territory the only other thing that i can really say that that is spoiler free is that you know, obviously the game touted how many different permu- permutations of an ending you could get and, 17, and all of that. 000. Yeah, 17,000 permutations. So you would think with so much mm. that at least the final party I was rolling with, at least the final four that I was rolling with, would get some sort of epilogue. Mm. And in my first ending, they only gave an epilogue to three of them. Just three were they with you at the time? Were they back at camp? Yeah, they were. They were three that were with me at the time mm. and didn't talk about any characters from the camp. Didn't talk about any of the other side characters, any of the allies. Just here's a wrap up of three characters. Now, well, generic spoils, ending. Go I to guess credits. It spoils the fact because I sort of thought maybe they, there would be uh, everyone in camp would, you know, you know, like in. Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original, uh, when you fight the Genova or Jehovah. Or what, well, I'll tell <laughs> you, it's Jehovah. not a spoiler. I get Jehovah. where you're going with this. Yeah. Is you you Everyone assumed everybody had shown up. Like, yes, there is more than just your party at the okay. end. Right. But I assumed that minimum I would get some something about the people that were with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I would assume that at least the people that were in my final party at the end would get something. But not only did they not talk about, there were characters in that scene that they didn't talk about or discuss at all. Mm. Um, And I was a little surprised by that. So that's about the best way I can talk around it. Bo and I are planning once he beats the game to do a spoiler cast where we get into it. And I will say this, I did reload my save. I picked, because I did save scum. Basically, there was a choice in the middle of the epilogue that I made that I didn't feel great about. It felt right for my playthrough, but... Um, just kind of want especially to yeah. as it ultimately played out. Um, I really didn't like it, so I picked a different option. That ending didn't have any bugs. Um, that ending did represent more characters than the the other one did. Um, it still was a little unfulfilling, but it was at least better. So, so obviously, this- there is some variance depending on what choices you make, but um. Yeah, overall, it was not the greatest ending in the world, but this game is so much more than the last bit. And, you know, this game gets compared a lot to Dragon Age Orange. Can't do it. You guys have oranges. Dragon Age Oranges. Dragon Age Oranges. Origins. Origins. I swear, I hate it so much. I cannot (laughs) say this game's name proper ever again. Dragon Age Origins. (laughs) Even when I say it right, it sounds wrong. Sounds wrong. wrong. Yeah, no, I get it. You just say Dragon um, Age 1. There you go. Just say that. The first Dragon Age game. Yep. Like, people made fun of that game because it ended, and you got, like, a novel to read. It's just, like, text popped up, and you're like, oh, jeez. All right, let's read through this. But it told you everything that happened, and I don't think that's necessarily a great way to handle it, but at least you got a good, like, variety and scope of of what to think of the world. This felt really, really light to me. 
Um, but like I said, the next day there was literally a patch that fixed some of those complaints that I had. Uh, and I have not seen the ending post the changes. So I can't say if it's better or not. You still have the saves, um, right? You could go back and check if you wanted. Yeah, I could. Yeah. 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 Do you want um, to? Do you although to? the save is like mid ending. So I don't know. I don't know if it would work or not. It oh, should. Yeah. But the save is literally in the middle of the cutscene. Got it. Um, Cause you know, anytime they give you dialogue, you can quick save and it will go right, right. back to that bit of dialogue. So as soon as you can choose something, you can technically save. Um, but yeah, it, it this game is more than that. So I don't want to get hung up too much on not liking the ending. And the fact that patch number two is already addressing content being requested for this makes me think that Larian kind of knows this too. I think for those of you out there that are going slow, or maybe you're playing on PlayStation, you're just getting into it because it just came out. Like, take your time because I think by the time a lot of people get to it, it's going to be great. They'll resolve like, all that stuff. I, yeah. I, I remember checking in on your stream, Bo, um, and you were like, man, this is running better today. Uh, oh, yeah, and right. people were like, yeah, there was a patch and you were like, well, wait a minute, but it wasn't it wasn't running great last night. And people were like, yeah, that's because the patch was today. And you were like, oh, it's running so much better. Like literally one patch later, Act 3 is running a lot better. They did another patch again that's supposed to make Act 3 run even better. You fixed a broken um, quest that I would crash on, actually. I was able to, it wasn't a quest, it was just a dialogue, but I was able to have it. Oh, that's, see, like, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Like, yeah, and you're in they're in super fix mode right now pretty much it's it's moving quick so i think if you know if you're not in act three if you're not at the end take your time it's getting better and i i can't say that just because i was left wanting more and maybe a little let down at the very last step i that doesn't poison the entire experience i played this game for a long time actually what is my play time on this game it's only the one playthrough, so uh, let's see here. Yeah, I'm curious. I played for 156 hours. Not bad. That's it. Do you want to hear my number? Well, yours is gross. <laughs> you Tell it. What number. is it? 277. 277. There you go. And you're still and in Act 3. You're in Act 3, though, right? You're well past Act 2. I'm yeah. in Act 3, yeah. Okay. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty close to the end, but I, I keep... We'll get to me in a second, but I just want to say, like, I actually looked up my number and was shocked at how high it was. Like, game just three hundred hours. What the? Yeah. What am I doing? But you're just life? doing all. You're doing every little thing, right? Every possible thing you're doing. Well, I mean, like, yes, I I tend to. I love the invisibility spell, so I tend to go into place. I tend to like scope places at first as a solo character and look up everything. It takes. I go to turn-based mode. It takes a lot of time, but it's fun. What's crazy yeah, to me, though, is that according to how long to beat, and they have all this, how they build that data is interesting, but um, they say the main story will only take you 47. If you do main and side quests, 89. Completionist, 129. And then it says all styles, average 90. Everyone I know is going over that, though. Everyone. So Yeah, uh, but I, I also think like there's character creation. There are a few restarts in there. Bo has, you know, he leaves his game yeah, on. My, my, main safe, my main save file <laughs> is 180. It's 180 hours. It's So I have 
80 I have like 90 80 hours of non-main campaign stuff yeah in multiplayer yeah. and the main campaign's 187 and that but that doesn't include the reloads so i don't know about you john but like i've definitely oh, like, i had to do a lot of reloads i do reloads for fun like i'll pass a battle but i'll be like it's like a lot of the combat's like tactical strategy puzzles so a good example is just a, a place called the iron throne and I, I don't know if you saw that in act three uh, under under Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that one's very much like a timed battle, you know. So like, I, I did good. It's like um, it's like like a dragon when you get a a on your can quest and you I want to go for S tier, you know. You just like so I, I would reload a lot of battles just to play them again. Um, I did the final battle in the House of Hope. I don't know uh, which that was that was a really awesome part of the game. Um, oh. I really enjoyed that. So, like, you know, it took me an hour to do the first battle. And then I was like, I beat it, but then an NPC died that another NPC commented on. I was like, oh, I didn't have to kill them. I, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen if I do a non-lethal kill. I already passed. It's not safe's coming. I already passed it. I'm just going to toggle non-lethal when I go to hit that one and just see what's different. And, like, I got two extra lines of dialogue. You know, it was no big deal. It didn't, didn't affect anything, but I did the battle twice. And it was like, okay, that's neat. Yeah. Um, same with, um, there's like w- the first really major boss that you face. There's a, an intimidation dialogue option, and it's a 30. And I failed it, but I did go back and like reload an old save just to see what happened if I get 30. And it's funny because, yes, the game's very like, the game does modify itself based on your decisions, but sometimes you just get an extra you just get an extra two lines and the same result happens even though you rolled a 30 <laughs> and you yeah. know it's like you know it's still a video game and has limits um yeah but anyways uh so a lot of my time is taken up in that but sorry you were talking still john I'm sorry to no me. no it's it's uh it's interesting i did do i'll say this there was one side quest left in my quest log when i finished it now that doesn't uh... mean i did everything um well, that's partially true. Well, like there were, true. there are some quests that will only resolve when you complete the game. So mm-hmm. there were objectives that were there, but they're very clearly objectives that like you have to beat the game in order to achieve this. It's kind of weird oh. that it's in your quest log that way. Oh. Um, but like, you know, there's, there's like a quest where it's like, Hey, you know, the final, your final objective when that's resolved so-and-so wants to do this with it you know like obviously you're not going to be able to do that till you beat the game and um so a few of those were in there but as far as things that i could actually do it was finding all the pieces of a clown and i did not i did not go find i have one i'm still missing one piece i'm still missing one piece so but yeah it's Mm. been very annoying because it's so uh, heavy in your inventory. Aren't there, there are also fail <laughs> yeah. states, right? There are certain quests that if you fail out of them, you're just Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. I found another one. Um, so you, you guys know what succubi and incubi are? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, lady, yeah. succubus, yes. man so I'll never like willingly bang them. Why did you do that? Curiosity. Curi- <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And like, oh, it gets it'd be really intense. So bad to like, take you're, to you're, like you're, the hells. You're, <laughs> your heart, your heart stopping. Your brain's on fire. It's like fight back and or just. 
I think there's a because I looked it up because I wanted to know the whole decision tree. Um, there's an option to be like, uh, you can have my body, but don't take my soul. Or you can be like, yeah, ride me into the night, baby. Oh, and geez. you get basically banged to death um, <laughs> by one of these creatures, which makes sense. That's what they do. They're That's part people. of the reason Bo's playthrough is so long is he can't. <laughs> he's just got too much morbid curiosity. I was just like, no, this is a bad idea. We're not gonna we're not gonna be hooking up with any uh, demons today. No, thank you. But, so, yes, like, you can, but I gotta know what happens. I you need can to get know. a game over screen via sex in the game, confirmed for everyone. That's pot. So be careful what you're doing. Wow, is that true? You um, kill yourself. This Jeez. is a. Well, no, I, like, I, I will by the the sex. Well, well, the, incubus, the, but yeah, yeah, by the sex demon. The sex, sex demons. I, okay, I won't sure. get into spoilers for it. I won't say why it's an act one thing. I mean, it could happen in any act, I guess, but. Like it's as early as act one, you would have this knowledge and I'll still talk around it a little, but warning, um, if you let a a particular party member die and don't bring them back to life, it can result in a game over. Oh my. Really? Oh yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I have to remember that. So you have, you know, withers can bring party members back. You also have scrolls of revive or whatever, but there is a party member. If you choose to let that party member die and not bring them back after, uh, I believe two days of game time, uh, you will get a game over condition. Shadow heart. Don't ever die. Is that who? That's not shadow heart. That's just you. That's just you feeling guilty, man. (laughs) Um, no, no. Also, uh, by the way, there's certain conditions where you can't res characters um, because the death is so final. And one of them is the incubus death, by the way, when you die to sex, you also cannot be resurrected. It's like a permanent, <laughs> permanent, like, cause I also tried it using a side character. Yeah. Poor shadow. Oh, shadow heart. Actually <laughs> shadow heart got sex to death. Really? Yeah. That's and then, terrible. She doesn't. Then, it is so uh, mad. It's actually it kind of horrific, like, but I'm like, well, I'm in hell. What did I expect? <laughs> what do you expect? Like, <laughs> never go after and, um, us. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and and then you can't res the character after that. Mm. It's not the only one. So yes, there are a lot of hard outs. Um, I also happened to, to catch the uh, world record run of ten minutes because my instinct told me that even though I wasn't finished Act Three, I bet they. Either I'm going to watch up to the point where they shortcut into Act 3 and I'll stop, or I'll see if there's an Act 2 ending and uh, confirm you can't actually roll credits in Act 2 with a very specific character and circumstance. Really? Yeah. Roll Look, credits. You're not far enough, Scott, so like, I think if you were as far as Act 2, probably it'd be okay to say. But well, I'm know. in Act 2, but I'm not anywhere near the end of Act 2. Oh, you're in the Shadow Cursed uh, mm-hmm. Lands? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Time for ghosts but and zombies. But I don't, it. Oh no, not even close. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you were, if you were finished. Once you're finished act two, you can watch the world record speed run just for everyone's benefit. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't involve that three at all, which is impressive. Which really? Is they impressive. completely yeah. skip over three in the world. In the It's a very, it's a very like specific scenario how you have to start the game. So don't try to think, how do I finish the game? Oh, I'm not going to do you're that. Not, no. no, you're not going to, it's not really a spoiler, but there, if you know, Unless you figure out, it's sort of relating to what John's talking about. But anyway, it's like four hour, four hour Mar- or four minute Mario. I'm never doing that. I don't do speed runs. That's not my life. Yeah, ever. No, no, no. But um, oh man, 
Okay, so can I, I have because I want I have a few things to share. Have the floor. I, the floor. I don't, have, I don't have the video. That's fine. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I'm at the point, John, where I've done everything, and I've just got the MacGuffins left. Two MacGuffins still. But, oh, okay. um, did you did you uh, mess with the newspaper? No, I got really arrogant. I was kind of hoping that there would be a there there would be like a pathway to like. Mm-hmm really show them up and i i think i closed that path to me oh, okay you can sneak in and, and then change what they're gonna print oh okay yeah yeah okay i was, I was wondering about that um sorry that's more a spoiler thing but anyways um i banged someone scott's not gonna be happy about so this isn't the incubus um uh, i feel this is not a spoiler because this is gonna come up and you are 100 like if something with tentacles wanted to bang you, you're, you're saying no, right? No, hell no. Okay, I am not so, banging anything with so, tentacles. So this is, is a spoiler, but you're going to say no anyways, but it is possible to have sex with a mind flare in this game. Great. And canonically, I did so. And Lazelle doubled down on loving me after it, so that's, an, that's all kind of bad reinforcement there. <laughs> I got a really great cutscene with her after. Um, Those guys never. Yes. They've already screwed me in the eye. I'm not letting them screw me anywhere, it's, it's anywhere an else. It's an achievement you can get. Only 4% of the player base have gotten, although I didn't do it for the achievement. I didn't know what that was. But uh, Oh, so you just did the – you didn't do it based on someone says, hey, you got to do this. Yeah, I, I did it for science, man. I did it on stream too, so that's I do have video of it. Uh, but um, – <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you guys want to want to see. It, right? I don't need. To, I'm fine for now. No, I mean, you know. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm all right. All right. Well, anyways, I, I just believe say, you. They, really, the, the 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 love opportunities don't stop at the party members they get. There's a, there are, there are a multitude of opportunities to get uh, jiggy with it, as Will Smith would say. Yeah. Um, also, my favorite item in this game has been the old floppy hat. I've worn it since the start, and I. I couldn't, I've never been happier about a loot drop where I found a very rare version of the old floppy hat with really great. What's like, the rarity? The stats on it or what? It's like purple, right? Yeah. yeah. The stats, it's not, it doesn't have stats. I think you get to advantage on perception and something else. Like you, you it's just like two skill check. It was like the perfect hat. Yeah. And now that thing never leaves my head. Um, I, I have that. that fl- I think I have that hat, hat, but it isn't, but it's not, not, it's not, a, it's green, I think. It's nothing fancy. Yeah, I dyed mine black to make it look cool, but it is the best item in the game. I love the old floppy hat. I've been wearing it forever. Anyways, <laughs> and then I wanted to have a few. So John had a, a, a critique. I wish I could conversate with him on because I'm just not quite there yet because he's probably right. <laughs> you know, he's probably right about it that, you know, we could definitely use with more ending, but I, I, I can't do that. But um, let me just. Because maybe they're listening, developers, whatever, if they're working on a definitive edition or improvements, if they don't have it on their list, maybe they can discuss it if it makes their way. You know, just putting it out there, right? A few critiques I have, as far as I am. I think uh, I hit level 12 pretty much at the start of Act 3, and I you know, I have like 600,000 experience points because it still counts for experience, and they're going towards nothing. I don't want level 13 or 14. I understand all the rationale and work involved. But um, in the Dungeon Master Guide, like even though you hit level 20, you can give people epic levels after 20 if you're still playing a campaign after 20, which would just be like a plus one in a stat of your choosing or skill of your choice or something like that, right? Like something very small. But I, I now that I've played quite a bit, I'm like, I don't think it would be too game-breaking 
to let me, you know, give me two constitution points towards the end or something like that. And then mm. I think it would f- make the experience, you know, just like the, the drive, like the, the, Oh, I got experience. That's great. Um, or even something where, cause like yeah. one of the things that bummed me out, just to piggyback off of this. Cause I think, yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right. Like I understand why you can't get up to level 20 in this game. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of cool stuff that comes with all those additional level ups that you may or may not get to. It especially made multi-classing feel unappealing because like already with multi-classing, you do feel like you're cutting your legs out from under you a little bit. Um, you know, like you're really weighing it on a level 20 basis when you have to stop at level 12, like even more so. Um, Because you're really only going to probably put one or two points in a second class, and so you're really only getting that level 10 power jump, and then you're missing anything else that would come after that. Um, And as a result, I think one of the victims of this is uh, feats. Uh, Feats in this game, it feels not great to not pick ability score improvements, because knowing that you're only going to get to level 12 and you only have so many chances to increase those stats... Um, you feel much more compelled that you have to pick the two-point ability score improvement just to get like real deep into D&D knowledge here, yeah, metagame yeah, no, knowledge. Sure. Yeah. And as a result, you end up skipping uh, a lot of... You end up skipping a lot of feats that I think there are actually really cool feats in the game uh, that are worth taking, but you really, only in a game where you know you're going to go to 20 or you're going to go at least a little higher, do you feel good about taking those. So yeah. some way to incorporate the feat system into either a post-max level leveling system or even tied more to the items would be cool because I felt like <clears throat> the build I wanted to do utilized feats a lot. And when I was taking them, I felt extremely weak by comparison and quickly realized, oh, you know what? I really, if I've only got 12 levels to work with i need to just focus on one maybe two classes and just really focus on stats yeah, you only and that's not as points. much fun using max asi you only get six points over the course of your 12 levels yeah if you don't multi-class if you multi-class you delay it and don't even you miss out on one yeah and so you only get four and they're really like the i'm surprised they're, they weren't aware of this because that's pretty common discussion point online is Everyone's like, how do you build? How do you level? And it's like, uh, main stat constitution. There's no, there's not a lot of creativity or flexibility. Feats are tied into the system. So it's not like you can build your character to leverage feats. It's either or. So you're completely right. I think, um, that's, I think that was the one disappointment is that I think they could have taken a bit of license on the like give you the asi and then give you a feat or something like that at the same time it strikes me that they probably knew that and wrestled with it and in the final you know machinations of this game couldn't include it for some reason that we're not thinking of because i mean they might have been required by watsy for all i'm sure they don't care because all their other video games don't follow the rule system that's true yeah um yeah yeah, so there's like I think there's some stuff they can smooth out to to you know it's house rules right Dungeons and Dragons doesn't have to adhere to the rules at all they can just be like this makes for a better game I think they should give uh, small leveling rewards after twelve and I think yeah feats I think they need to think about maybe house ruling you get an ASI 
and a feat, and then take out any stat increases from the existing feats. Mm. Do you think it's because, I mean, part of it is you, not power leveled, but you, you leveled real quick because you were doing every tiny thing. You were getting XP for stuff that no one even sees in their playthrough. Well, I did, like, it's funny, I did try to lift every rock and do every little thing before moving on, including I went all the way to the Underdark, then backtracked up to the surface. You know, I did everything that I could think of might not actually be everything. Right. But um, yeah, I leveled up. Like I was max level pretty much. I think I was 11 when I got to starting Act 3. Act 3 has a lot of content in it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it just it would just would be nice just to get a little bump here or there because I'm earning all this XP. And I don't need the 13th level, but I, I definitely want the stat increase just because, you know, it does feel better when you have greater odds to hit. <laughs> there are some high AC characters in there and you're just like, I miss again. But, uh, yeah. Um, I also wanted to say, I don't know. I've been kind of dipping back and forth on this. I don't feel exactly one way, but act three is by far, uh, the most dense out of all of them. It's a, it's a big space, but it just feels like every corner has got something. Every house has something. Every NPC maybe has something. It's a lot. It's, It's hard. Like you can barely walk five feet trying to get across town to do something and then get into some other adventure. And um, that's great, but it almost feels too tightly packed. Hmm. And and specifically, I think part of it is, I remember John last week saying, hey, it's Baldur's Gate, and it has Baldur's Gate in the game. Amazing. <laughs> and I think they've kind of done the Jaws thing or the movie mo- monster movie thing where the title thing happens in the last act. And I haven't done the last run of adventure yet. But my sense is I'm really craving a dungeon to go through. And I do like the experiences I've had with what would qualify as dungeons. But um, City still feels like a hub, (laughs) you know. I feel like almost the game's a little backwards in terms of what Act 2 and Act 3 are. It feels like Baldur's Gate should be Act 2 and whatever shadow curse land you know should be act three i feel like john you kind of said that last week too you seem to i think so I yeah you're kind it. of you're kind of agreeing with each other i think on that point i haven't seen that yeah. yet so i don't know but i I, know. I think for me um i think for me and it, it, i don't want to suggest that you could just lift one and put it in act two and lift act two and put it in act three and everything would be resolved that's not no, true no. like there's a logic and flow to the story but in terms of like what my expectations uh, would be for the game. Like if you had asked me, uh, well, we, we talked about this. I was actually really confused about where the act breaks were in the game. Cause it's not like the game puts up a big screen that goes act two. Yeah, it doesn't. And do so I, Bo kept checking in with us for a while and he probably thought like, man, John's really taking his time. Cause I was actually ahead of Bo, but every time he checked in with me, I was like, yeah, I'm in act one still. I think I'm wrapping it up. And I was actually in Act 2 because for whatever reason in my head, I just assumed that getting to Baldur's Gate would be Act 2. All the tieflings I was talking to in Act 1 were like, we're going to the city, we'll meet you at the city, Uh, it's all about the city. Like That felt like the progression. And I was just like, jeez, this Act 1's really big. And then you'd go online, you didn't want spoilers, so you're asking in a real roundabout way, you're like... Where are the act breaks? And they're like, act one is very long. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm still in act one. And in reality, I was nearing the end of act two. Yeah, they don't demarcate them at all, this game. Yeah. 
They don't. So ever, they don't I ever do an expansion where they add the Act Four in. I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> I, I I would love an Act Four. Like yeah. I I just would love more of this game. Like like that's the truth. I love these characters. I love this world. I think it looks great. I think it plays great. Uh, I would want to see a lot of time spent on it, and maybe maybe you do give us a level increase to. Yeah. You know, 14, 16. Yeah, or even like, <laughs> some, even like Bo said. Like that. Even like Bo said, just give you a place to put that XP now that you've earned now, it. Now, there, uh, there is in the game an alternate leveling skill system uh, that you can opt into. But I feel like the game encourages you not to participate in it. The game makes you think it's a bad idea. And while they do put it in your quest log, like, hey, try this, I think a lot of people don't necessarily try it. But there is an alternate advancement type of leveling in the game. Um, Sex with succubuses. No? No, okay. it involves, we'll just say it involves the tadpoles. That's a thing introduced very early. Okay. Um, I tried it at one point. But I was playing my character and my story very, I don't want to be a mind flayer. So the idea of consuming additional tadpoles as a character that wants the one tadpole removed from him uh, was that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> so I skipped that system altogether. But if you do that, you do unlock additional powers that you can put points into and values into. That makes sense. It's a little bit about like vampiric stuff or or whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever bonusy it's, thing you get. I get that. It's not based on XP. Um, it's based on finding items in the world, but it is there. Right. Interesting. Well, uh, when you guys finish it, everyone will look forward to the spo- spoiler cast where you can openly, freely talk about these details. I look forward to it too, yeah. but I'm so yeah, far behind you guys. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing like where the divergences are. Although I suspect John, I played fairly similar versions. I think of we the did. Game. I, th- Just, yeah, I, I think we played did. slower and longer, but that's um, we're both bards, and I think we both highly valued our party members. But I'm sure there's still going to be variances. Right. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I only found out today that there was uh, somebody was talking about like, oh, it's so cool. They added new dialogue for the dark elf character for your party. I went, um, what Thar- dark elf character for my party? Dark elf. Hold on. There's it- a drow in the goblin in that area in act one. Yeah. Who she- is an actual playable character. You might even have had a dialogue with her. If you I killed her. Yeah, then you killed the yeah. playable character. I didn't know a, she was playable. That is a potential. That is a potential party member. Oh, she's I didn't cool. know either. She's I cool did because I she had a corpse and something was weird. I was picking up corpses and throwing them in the chasm, and her corpse behaved differently, and I didn't realize that's how a player character's corpse behaved. Oh, weird. And then then I ha- I happened to look it up. I'm like, is this a playable character? And I was like, yep. Yeah. And then I closed the window and I, was, I brought it to camp because I thought I could res it, so it was in my camp chest for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> and then I threw it away. That's why outside <laughs> outside of specific endings, that's why this game has never felt that spoilery to me because we just talked about a character who all three of us treated in a totally, we had a very different experience with that person. Yeah. You know, and Apparently then there was some fourth guy who actually too. had him on their team and took her all the way through the end of the game and played her as, you know, as their secondary main or whatever. 
And then there are those of yeah. us who killed her right away. And Bo's trying to throw her body in the chasm. And John had no idea. Just did the missions and got out. He like, how do you even it, spoil it? I don't like think this? anyone plays evil on their first playthrough. Maybe maybe a few do, but not many. So probably not many are right aware. Because she's a drow but with an attitude. I she'll side you. with you if you slaughter the tieflings and join with the goblins. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I couldn't. I'm going to do that next time. Yeah, go in there and be evil. I, I want to hear about that. Uh, all right, well, there's that. I played about it so quickly. My Baldur's Gate time was this. After our last show, I played about an hour of the game. Then I had to leave town. It was my anniversary. And so Kim and I had plans, so we left. We were in this hotel. And, and Kim said, don't bring Shadow Heart. Th- things got weird because um, I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. Two things happened. Sea of Stars came out. And I was like, well, I gotta, I need to at least touch on that. So that'll be my cool bring it with me portable thing. Um, I'll take it on the Steam Deck. So at night and stuff, I'll just pop that out and play it. And uh, sure enough, that game's rad, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I played a bunch of that. That totally sidetracked me. And then, I don't know if it was the, re- that's this is the reason why this happened, but when I had any kind of downtime to play any games, I just didn't want to do anything that took a brain. I was just like, you know what? I need to be just like chilling. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to make big decisions. I just want to do stuff. So I pulled up, <laughs> I pulled up a Power Wash Simulator again. And Wait, you it, didn't play that much Sea of Stars? Play, oh, no, I played a ton of it. But I played, oh. if I wasn't playing that, I was playing that. It was it, Instead of playing uh, Baldur's Gate, which plays fine on the Steam Deck. It's just kind of, I prefer a huge screen for it because there's just so much shit going on on the screen. It's not the, it's yeah. not the pri- you know, primary way I want to play it. Um, so if I wasn't playing Sea of Stars, I played Power Wash Simulator because I just wanted to park my brain and do no- something dumb and rudimentary. They have Warhammer stuff now, right? They have, yeah, they have. Oh, John, you'd love it. They have a whole ton of, well, I guess you both would because it's Final Fantasy VII, but they have all this Final Fantasy VII shit I can clean now. So like uh, nice. the motorcycle with the guy that's like, uh, I forgot his name, but the mo- but his motorcycle, um, the, the right. uh, Cloud's sword, um, some big mech things. I forget some boss fight mech things. Anyway, I get to go clean all those. There's SpongeBob DLC. There's um, Warhammer stuff. What else? Uh, what other weird thing that I see? They have all. They have crazy. Oh, they're they're bringing a Back to the Future like DeLorean pack and. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I ended up just playing the shit out of that, and I don't know what took over me, but I ended up playing way more than I thought. So I was not able to play, or I didn't play that much Baldur's Gate. Mostly because Sea of Stars is so good. So let me talk about that real quick. I'll get it out of the way, and then let's go back to Starfield. Sea of Stars is this uh, JRPG game that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. Um, A French developer uh, has been making it. It was originally a Kickstarter. Uh, People were big, you know, big freak out about that when it first landed because the whole claim was this is going to play a lot like Chrono Trigger mixed with a little bit of Mario uh, RPG in terms of the mechanics. And it's going to be big and sprawling and, you know, beautiful and pixels and all this stuff. And sure enough, it's all those things. I think it might be just behind Baldur's Gate 3 in the reviews right now in terms of, of, uh, of uh, you know, Metacritic and others very highly reviewed right now. And it is great. John, you will be playing this game at some point. I don't know when. Oh, I know. But yeah, you will. Yeah, it'll happen. Um, maybe even bow. Not that you wouldn't normally bow, but it, it. I think that this is a... Oh, I've been interested in it. I definitely, you know, the trailer did a lot for it on Steam. I can say that it has got some of the 
best pixel art I've ever seen. Um, it is in on one hand, it feels nostalgic and like I'm playing it's SNES or Genesis or something. And then there are other times where I'm like, well, there's no way this looks that good in those systems. Like they're, they're definitely doing things lighting wise and, and stuff. The, the battle system is great. It is turn-based and you fight, uh, a lot like you do in Chrono Trigger. Uh, but the Mario stuff is definitely there. Lots of timed landings, you know, like if you're going to go strike somebody, if you hit the button just right while you're swinging, you'll get a double hit. Or when they're coming at you, if you can figure out what the, the enemies are doing, you can do a block and, uh, cut down on the damage by half and things like that. Uh, the story's really good so far. Um, it doesn't feel convoluted in anime to me. It feels like a normal, <laughs> sorry, a normal story by my standards. A normal story. A normal not story. One of those weird things that not normal people would come up with. Exactly. Um, anyway, the characters are great. The dialogue is great. Um, it is a very cool little game. Uh, I think that they've made something pretty special here. The only complaint I have is they have a pirate character I just met who is great and funny even, but I can't I can't tell if they're typoing or if it's really what they mean to say. So instead of saying the word of, O-F, they say O-V. And I, and I think they're doing it on purpose, but it's also you use the word of so infrequently. It de- is it, it phonetic spelling? Like, yeah, like, like O-V. Or something? Like like some people do say of. Yeah. They, it is like, they wouldn't spell it that way, and they tell you they're saying O-F, but they're really saying O-V. Yeah. I usually, when they do that, they'll um, accent it even I think I say of with a V. Do you? Of? Of? See, yeah, of stars. Of stars. Yeah. I don't know why they just... There's also some weird placements of, of some uh, commas in some sentences where they're not meant to be there, but whatever. It's a French developer. Uh, localization's uh, yeah. hard. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, we gotta we got to find everything we can to make sure it's not game of the year so Baldur's Gate 3 wins. Yeah, it, it look, it will... Will, <laughs> will this be in my top five at the end of the year? Probably. Will this be number one? Probably not. Um, but I think it it's cool. Though. I think it's yeah. great. Um, there's even a little Octopath Traveler stuff going on about like how I mean, turns I see work. The reviews that I saw, like some people saying, like Chrono Trigger Two. You know, yeah, you that's a pretty Chrono- strong bit of praise right there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why lot. I'm like, really, guys, really. I, I think that's why I'm hesitant to play it. Honestly, like that's. I couldn't possibly. People are saying that. that right. Like people are saying that to draw comparisons to art and storytelling and gameplay style and all of that. But the problem is, is that I hear that and it builds an expectation of overall quality. Like how could they ever different do areas? Right. And right. It, I, I definitely worry about this game being overhyped for me. I get so it. Totally get it. I'm, and you should I'm feel that way, game. given your love for, for Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I know how much Only you love the that best game. JRPG to come out this year. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, I will say that, uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the music's insane, and it's the Chrono Trigger music guy. They got him. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's one direct comparison you can make, and the music's fantastic. Anyway, I really like it, and I'm going to keep at it. It really sidetracked me from Baldur's Gate this week. Um, but then no, something... No, no. Like, Any armored core? This? Oh yeah, there is armored core. Yeah, John. John will talk all about. It. I can't wait to hear about that too. So let's jump back up to Starfield real quick. Starfield came out in early access a week early for people that got the big uh, premium edition. I got to give a big shout out. I was just going to wait until regular Game Pass day, 
but uh, listener Brian Robery wrote me and said, hey, I've listened to you for like a decade. I want to give back. And I said, what do you mean? He says, how about I give you Starfield Premium? You can start playing it now. And I said, oh, you don't have to do that. He says, it doesn't matter. I'm still doing it. So he did it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Very kind. I, I was only pretending to ask your permission. I'm actually going to. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Anyway, he was very nice to do that, and I wasn't even planning on it. And so this was Thursday before the show, and I was feeling pretty rough uh, from that chicken long story that's in the pre-show. Um, but I was able to. I was able to get in there because I'm thinking, well, if we're going to do the show, because at that point I thought I was still good enough that I wanted to have a little bit of poke in there. I just want to see what's up. And uh, not the, not Bo's kind of poke with like succubuses and stuff like that. But, you know, like I just want to fiddle with the game. <laughs> you know, I thought so. about commenting, but then I left it alone. <laughs> so you did it for me. You're welcome. Great. So, uh, I do a lot of poking around Baldur's Gate. It's true. It's true. So I uh, fired this thing up and uh, got to the point where there's like an initial quest thing where you don't really know who you are, uh, which is kind of typical. Uh, these guys. You know, this is what Bethesda does. And then you make a character after that and you decide how they look and are and everything. I got to about that far. And then I'm like, all right, that's good enough to talk about on the show. And then we didn't have a show. So I've had another three hours into this game since then. And I'm not here to tell anyone that that the best game of the year isn't Baldur's Gate 3. Because I think the best game of the year is Baldur's Gate 3 so far. All right. I really do. Even, even though I'm not even near act three, I think it's going to be game of the year, probably for all three of us. Uh, however, Bethesda made a Bethesda ass video game and I am 100% here for it because I love those. So everything I like about those, the, the, the exploration, the carrying around too much shit I found in a room, the, uh, the, the way you interact with other characters, uh, and 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 stuff like that, how you spec out your character, all the things that this game is, is Skyrim, Fallout, all of those systems, it is all very familiar in those in those ways. Uh, I think it's competent in some other ways that and is a more polished experience out of the door. I think I'm having less like weird world issues and geometry problems or I haven't had a crash. like this is unusual for a Bethesda's launch. But Bethesda made a Bethesda game. And I love those. So I, I'm already way in. Three hours in, I'm already, I think this is going to be at the very least close to number two, if not exactly number two for me this year. So that's where I'm at with it. John had some time to play with it. You played one hour? Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was well, a lot good, of. Because what I've read is like, it took me a while to start liking it. And so if you like it within three hours. I think the reason is, yeah. I think some people were like, all right, so you're a Bethesda game. What else are you? And maybe that takes longer. But I'm already, I'm biased and I'm already in on those immediate Bethesda tropes. Like they work for me out of the gate. They always have. They probably always will. Um, I believe, I fully believe that some of these reviewers are people that say, well, I was about 10 hours in before everything really clicked. Um, And that's exciting to me because it's already clicking. So imagine how happy I'll be in 10 hours. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I actually pretty stoked about getting there. Um, but I didn't have that problem. I didn't get in here and go, Oh, this seems slow. Where's the, I don't get where I, I didn't have this. So that's why I'm well, excited. The, converse, the conversation around Starfield has been so exhausting and lame. It's, <laughs> it's been, it's, I, I, I've been wanting to take a week off of the internet. Yeah. The internet's been real stupid around it. Um, yeah. And, no, I and, mean, it's a Bethesda game. It's going to be, you know, unless it's like shockingly 
something got screwed up, it's probably going to be all right. Yeah, whether and whether, I mean, obviously, you're, you, uh, it depends on who you are. And so John's had some time with it. Yeah, I think he and I are seeing it a little differently. So I'm curious to hear John's take, so we can talk about it here on the show. So John, what do you think yeah. so far of your experience, your early access experience with Bethesda's Starfield? It seems okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I set it up like that so you could just say it seems okay. Anyway, um, yeah. Like, let me give you my background with Bethesda games because I think, hours? I, I think it's important <laughs> to understand where I'm coming from as a Bethesda fan first. Yeah. I have never liked a Bethesda game the first time I play it. Yeah. Except for maybe Elder Scrolls Morrowind. And even with Morrowind, there was a lot of false starts before it finally clicked and I fell in love with the game. Mm. But Morrowind, um, Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, um, all of these games are stories of me booting it up, going, yeah, this seems kind of cool. It seems like, I don't know, maybe this game sucks. Maybe it's great. I don't know. And turning it off. And then coming back months later, sometimes not months, I'll say I stuck with Skyrim. I had seen it. I like I had been through this enough with Skyrim to know to stick with Skyrim. Skyrim was one of the quicker ones. Right. But um, come back to it and go, oh, wait, this is actually something really cool and something really special. And some of my favorite games of all time are Bethesda games. Uh, Morrowind. Skyrim, Fallout 3, and its expansions are three of my favorite games like of all time. Of like, they're very high yeah. up there. Yeah. But I didn't like any of them right away. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of feel like that might end up being the case with this game too. Mm. I got in it and I thought, well, this looks better than most of their games. Uh, I still it still feels like oddly muted like it's just weird like you're in a cave using a laser and for some reason it's just the laser goes off and it doesn't feel like it's a light somehow things get darker by firing a laser i don't know there's just something weird graphically that i don't like but uh it looks good uh it's a little jarring like whatever they're doing for facial animation is really impressive technically because it, it it's better than what they've usually had because you know Bethesda's notorious for that like Square directly up uncomfortably on someone as they stare directly into your soul and then they talk to you. But now it actually looks like they're saying the words they're saying, mm. but it also looks like they're over enunciating. <laughs> it's like someone told them like, hey, uh, you really need to. It looks like everybody's doing that thing where uh, that obnoxious trope where someone doesn't seem to understand them. So they go. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. And like, that's what all their faces are doing. So I'm like really impressed that the technology while also being distracted by the technology and being like, man, they are really over animating the face. Although, you know, as somebody whose uh, mother-in-law is deaf. And so it is a thing I think about, you might be able to lip read through this game. I don't know. Mm. Like it looks like it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, like these are all little things. Uh, overall, I think the game seems like it has a lot of potential. 
the things it seems to be doing right are the things that No Man's Sky doesn't do great, and the things that this game does badly is the things No Man's Sky is great at. I really want to find a place where the mish, like you can mash those two together because I got to tell you, like taking off in a spaceship has never been more dull than in Starfield. Mm. What an unimpressive spectacle that was <laughs> to get aboard my ship, right click to open my menu, select the pla- like the map icon from my inventory menu and then B button out to see space and then see a generic lift off screen load out oh, and now we're in space mm. like it was just extraordinarily unimpressive like that majestic feeling in no man's sky where you first leave a planet and you're like oh my gosh this is incredible uh was so so dull well do you do you okay i i see where your point is with that but like when you were playing mass effect all those years ago did you feel that way then or is it because no man's sky came along and made you go oh it can be different we can this can be a seamless i think travel. the difference is that that i feel like the comparison to, here's why i think comparing to no man's sky is fair i feel like both games are trying to accomplish something very similar mm. and so i i think that with mass effect like you know i i think the score did a lot to help mass effect yeah Music's real good in this right. game, though, by the way. Um, but uh, I think it's fair in a game about space exploration that going into space should feel cool. Like, like, like traveling space should feel cool. Traveling in space in this game has been the least cool thing I've done. Like, um, yeah. when I prioritize my things, here's what's been interesting. Okay. My interactions with people, yeah. the shooting, actually really good. Agreed. For something that was one of my biggest fears about like this game, like seeing the shooting and going like, oh, that looks awful. Like the shootings, it's not Doom, but it's not terrible. Um, Fallout was poopy shooting. This is not poopy the, shooting. The, the Doom guys helped them with the shooter actually, the shooting. Did they? Section. Good. Lock picking yeah. minigame. Awesome. I love it. Like, it's amazing. <clears throat> I didn't think you could improve on lockpicking mini games. They did. It's great. It's very good. Although it's very tech, I, it's very tech focused. W- you couldn't convert this to like a fantasy game very well. I don't think. I went to a random spot on a planet, and you know what? There was a lot more interesting things to do there than in No Man's Sky. I landed on a random ass part of a planet. I just picked a spot, and I was like, "Let's see what exploration is like." Walk, got out. There was a big, like, frozen, it looked like an oil refinery. I don't know if that's what it was. But I went out and explored it, and it was infected with monsters. And then, because of the perks I picked, bounty hunters showed up to try to uh, arrest me in the middle of the exploration. And then they had to fight the monsters, and I had to fight monsters and bounty hunters. Great time. Like, yeah, it's good a, stuff. A lot better than walking around the same environments in No Man's Sky. But space travel is... Targeting my ship, pressing A to fast travel onto my ship, sitting down, opening a menu, selecting a thing, hitting X to travel. Oh, I'm there. Now do I want to travel somewhere else? Okay, select, hit X to travel. Okay, you're there. The magic of space flight. And even those first dogfights, now I've seen video with like asteroids and stuff, so I know there is actually some like flying and maneuvering mm-hmm. but the first space fights they put you in 
They're pretty basic. Are so, bo- are so boring. Yeah, they're basic. Like, There's nothing incredibly fancy. Incredibly boring. Yeah. You don't feel like you're getting any closer to the planet. You just you, like th- because there's no sense of motion. You just feel like you're like, I was, I didn't. I'm like, is my ship moving mm. right now? Mm. I kind of can't even tell if it is. Mm. Um, so the space part of this game, I have not enjoyed so far. The look. Um, you have to admit though, the look of the interiors and even the exteriors, they've gone for like Nostromo alien era looking shit everywhere and they yeah even i think it much. looks i think it looks great like again i think this is a good game and i suspect i will get to a point where i really like this but um you're you know this game is selling you on the idea of getting out and seeing and exploring the universe that's literally yeah. the mandate of the organization that you join at the beginning and right now that is the least fun thing I'm doing in the video. Well, let me ask you this: If you, you think could it's supposed do, supposed to be that way. Well, I think Sorry. I think what they would sh- I think what I would have preferred because I see your point and I think you're probably right. Uh, but what I do think I wish they would have done is made it so if if John wanted to get in his ship, launch, and then maneuver off the planet and be out in orbit, orbit, and kind of go through that whole process and then fly to the thing where it is, do it all, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of another, well, No Man's Sky style, right? If that's how you wanted to do it. I wish the game would let you do that if you wanted to. Um, but I do appreciate a game that shortens all of that stuff into some quick shortcuts and fast travel later on when I'm tired of doing that. Do, do you see what no, I'm saying? No, I agree. I like that the fast travel is there, but it has made something that should feel, in my opinion, um, like, big and majestic and intrinsic to this adventure, really mundane and trivial. Mm. Like, like the fact that you don't even launch it from an instrument on the cockpit, like you sit down at the cockpit and then you press start to go into your inventory to select your map navigation. It's not even Ooh. like a console command well, on the ship. Yes and or no. Yes your and no. alternative is you can get up out of the chair, walk back to a navigation table, and look at that, and then it teleports you back to the chair once you navigate. Yeah, well, there is another way, though. You don't have to do the menu thing. If you get into the chair, you're on a planet, and you want to take off. When you get in, one of the options up in front of your HUD is take off. You hit take off, and the whole thing goes. He starts flicking switches. Everything warms up. You get a weird red thing that's like showing all your systems, and then... Then it cuts to now the ship is p- picking up and you see it take off over the thing and now you're out in space after a little bit of a, of a black screen. So it's not perfect, but there is a way to, if you want to simulate that feeling of, I just pushed a bunch of shit and got out of here, you can, or you can do, like you said, plot your courses and then it just eliminates all that middleware for you to go out there. And again, I, I, I think it's cool that I can do both. I would like to do more than just, you know, go out there in that way. I would like to have more. I would like to have a more of a feeling that this world is seamless and all the load times are just happening without me ever thinking about it. I would love that. That would be freaking great. Like a little more like what it's like on the planets themselves. Cause when you go land like on Venus or wherever the hell I was, and there was a refinery a little bit like what you did when I ran out there, it was a long way to go and it felt important to go there. And when I finally got there, there was stuff to do and things to deal with and story that unfolded and resources to be concerned with and, and mine on my way. And it seemed like a very outside to inside, very seamless, very cool traversal. 
but you're not wrong. The ship stuff feels load screeny. Well, like, and and yeah, and you're right because when I did that, when I when I took the journey to get up to that and go through that, I'm glad that I walked there. When I was done, I was really glad that I could fast travel back. Right. 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 Like when I cleared out that first pirate base, I was really glad that I could just fast travel back to my ship. I'm not trying to make the case that fast travel shouldn't be in the video game. Right. I think it should. I yeah. just think. I, I honestly, I think one of the biggest problems with this game is that I think the UI in general is good, but needs to be more. And I wish that when I sat down at the damn chair, I could just like look at something and plot my navigation from the chair. I clearly like just put that in. That's simple. I also find it incredibly frustrating that when I'm walking around the world and looking at stuff, there is nothing that identifies what it is I'm looking at. Like I would go over to bodies and I'd look at it and it's like looking down a list and I'm like, what is this junk that I'm looking at? Some of it I know. Like, okay, this looks like ammo because it's got a number next to it. What's this? It's like the Nostulio. Oh. Okay, what the fuck is a Nostulio? All you, all you have to do and is- then you pick it up and it's like, this is a gun. And you're like, oh, well, why can't you show me that it's a gun? They, they can. They do it in a I dumb way. Look at it. They do it in a dumb way. So instead of having you look at it right then, if you hit X while you're hovering over the body, now all of those internals, whatever the guy's carrying that you're going to either sift through or take all of or whatever... It will now be now you get a big detailed thing, including a model you can rotate whether you want it or not. You see the but stat. Why do I have to hit X? Why doesn't it do it by default? Well, it could do it by default. I I think that they've got a they have a UI problem there where where they're trying to give quick information for a quick loot, but then because you know you know when you see credits, well I know I want those credits, and if you see oh he's got some food on him, I may or may not want that food, or he has health on him, I'll take that. But that helmet he's wearing, I don't know if I want that. Like, is it any better than what I have? I don't want to just load up on heavy equipment. So they give you this hit X if you're on a controller. You hit X and it brings anything that's left on the body up there. And you can see in full detail all the stat changes from what you're already wearing, whether it's any good or not. And then you can just be out and you're not in and not take it instead of putting it in yeah, your inventory. Yeah, but where's the middle ground? Like already in your inventory, they divide it. And modders, like, look, here's the thing. This is what part of where my frustration comes in. And this is also like... I think this is probably going to be fine and it's a nothing thing to be upset about. But Bethesda has been making this type of game for a long time. Like people have said it in a positive. It's a Bethesda game. People have said it in a negative. It's a Bethesda game. Yeah, it's a Bethesda game. But also they've been making this for years. How is it that they have not incorporated the variety of things that are the top downloaded mods for every single game they've ever made to be a default in their new game when it comes out. How is it so hard for them to go to game files or whatever website stores all this shit and go, hey, what are the most popular non-penis mods that are available for our video games right now? And see what those are and go, hmm, do you think that should be a base level feature in our game that's exactly like the other ones that we made? Yeah, maybe that would be great. Like their inventory already divides everything up between helmets, guns, suits, clothes like it already delineates that so why isn't there an icon for each one of those things that you can put on the clean small ui so that when i look at it i know that a nostulio is a gun 
Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to Mr. press X Leo. to see a full model of it. <laughs> I should be able to see it and go, oh, that's a gun. That's a helmet. That's some clothes. That's some crap. Like, it, it should be so easy and obvious. And it's shocking to me that that isn't there. It's It's not the end of the world. I really, really like this game. And it's not sounding like it, but Scott's gushing about it. So I'm going to be the counterpoint. Yeah. But like, why isn't it there? It's such an obvious need. Why isn't it there? Well, you're right about how you could ask that same question with every Bethesda game ever. And I and I often do. Like, I think Skyrim was incredibly obtuse in its UI, especially on consoles. Yeah, the Skyrim first menu sucks. It really sucked. <laughs> and so yeah. mods helped that a lot. Um, but I but it was never deal breakers for me. And I'm, I'm, you're not saying that either. But no, I, I'm going to play this a, game. I don't think this game is unplayable. I don't think anything I named is a deal breaker for me. I just, it's shocking to me that they have made this many of this game and these are still features that are like not available baseline in their game. I think part of it is they, well, I don't know. Who knows why they do that? Maybe they I mean, that's know. That's Bethesda stuff. Like even the whole Skyrim VR lore is that they released the bare minimum for Skyrim VR and the community builds the rest <laughs> made the game yeah. made the actual good stuff in the game yeah i yeah, could see I, that i think so, that's gonna be true here too and i see chat doing it uh mentioning it i do think it's worth saying uh because i just ran into this today the lack of a local map to where you are is really shocking i think it's a little weird it's not in there but it hasn't bothered me part of it is because if you're trying to go where you're supposed to go like let's say that your problem is you feel lost for example um, you have on your radar where your destination is, but if that's not enough, the scanner, which is literally just tap the, uh, if you're on controller, you just tap the LB button, the, the bumper up top. On but the isn't side. it like the future? So Google maps has come and gone. Like we have this, you know, I couldn't well, find where to but sell stuff in that's a city. My point. Like that's <laughs> ridiculous. I no, was no, no. Like, I, like, I agree with you. What I'm saying though, is if you're lost, you tap that button, you now have arrows on the ground telling you where to go. Like, it's not like you're lost. You'll always not find if I want to do something off the main path though. Like literally the first city hub you go to, there's a guy and you're like, Hey, he's like, Hey, if you want to sell some of your equipment, uh, just go check out my shop. It's uh, just down this path to the, and I ignored him because surely in this modern area, area era uh, of gaming, <laughs> modern, um, era. <laughs> modern era of games, uh, I will just hit M and see where the vendor is. Mm. And I hit M <laughs> and there's no map. And all of a sudden that guy's instructions became really important that I didn't pay attention to. Well, this is such a common complaint that I actually feel like they might address it. I hope they well, do. Cyberpunk I, has it, right? Like if you need to find oh, all yeah. the vendors, everything, you go to the map, you click. Uh, you Cyberpunk's know, loaded with maps. Auto drive or whatever. Like, you yeah. know, you can map quest it. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's, it still exist? it's true. And uh, it's true in the rest of the game that you can, you know, certain areas you can log on to and go, okay, well, I want to, that's where I want to go and so i'll go but in cities where you need to be interacting with like john said like vendors or you know somebody who's there to fix something or this guy's you know you want to you just want to know where the the crafting table is for example in town uh, or their equivalent like a of wild it. west space like maybe that's some of it no, you know 
Some of it Google is. Maps isn't everywhere, right? I think there's like you go to some countries and it won't work. There's no map. Some of it is, but the city John's been to, I think, for as far as you are, is a big metropolis modern yeah. thing. And they gave me I an Apple that. Watch right out of the gate. They did, yeah. Yeah, no, I, di- I don't disagree with this. I just it hasn't been a deal breaker for me because it's like, well, it's like old video games. I just gotta find my way around. It's in a weird way, it's like old yeah, school. It's, that, there's a mod for it, I think already someone said there's someone's already working. There's a mod. Oh, for good that. news on that, by the way. The Game Pass version of the game. Uh, as uh, works like Steam installs now. So Microsoft used used to have like a weird proprietary way to install games. They don't do that anymore. It's just straight up files on the drive in the location you think they're in. So mod support should work whatever version you've got on PC. You're you're good to go. And consoles. It'll, it, yeah, matter. it'll just now open five different applications when you try to run it. Yeah, maybe that's true. But uh, and you know what happened? I I was still fiddling it with it further. Open the Xbox app and it started the Riot app. And I went to close the Riot app, and it would close it, and it would keep reopening. And I'm like, why is the Riot app closing? Isn't it closing? And it's because the Xbox app was open. Xbox was checking to see if it was open and reopening it. Yeah, it's the same reason After it opens the – it. Op- um, what does it open for me? The um, – oh, EA Play. Actually, EA Play yeah. opens properly when the Xbox app is open. Right. But if I boot without that being open, it tries to run that, and it runs wrong. It's yeah, a little I'm really screwy. not a fan of whatever that whole pile of shit is doing right now. But anyways, I don't have much to say about Starfield because I didn't play it and I'm kind of derailing the conversation. But no, 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 that's a fair point. But I though. just yeah. But anyways, uh, I think um, the way mods will work or the way they do on Mod Nexus or anywhere else right now, or maybe even the built-in ones. But you'll be able to go. Just I guess what I'm saying is, if you're a Game Pass person and you're worried you won't get mods, they've they're they are planning on you getting mods no matter where you are. So shouldn't matter. Um, and it sounds yeah. like in true Bethesda fashion, as much as I might wish that a robust and working well experience was coming in the base level product, uh, mods will probably be a good idea for this game. Yeah, I agree. Now, I have a question. <laughs> Go ahead. I have, I have a question. Well, it's something I'm grappling with, but since you've played a little bit, maybe you can tell me. I did buy it, but I'm a little bit regretting buying it because I'm thinking maybe I need to wait for the VR version. The saddest part about Fallout 4 VR and and Skyrim VR is like it's like known territory you know mm. should I should I wait mm. should I wait for the VR I mean if all you want VR is VR they probably just mod it there probably won't even be a, a Starfield VR if all you want is VR with Starfield then Starfield in its current state isn't going to give you that so I'd say I'd say don't I guess I mean if you yeah. if you really like uh, Bethesda RPGs without VR, oh, yeah, yeah. then I would play it. But I, I, but if it's VR, if VR is a deal maker in this case, then I, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if they've announced anything. I just, alone. I just like wonder because then I'm like, hmm, the, the sucky thing about Skyrim VR is that it, I know, like, I have everything memorized. There's no magic in the actual gameplay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I know it all. I've played it a ton. So I'm like, well, this is probably pretty good, but maybe I should wait for the VR version. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's hard for me to say. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 by all accounts, this game is huge, um, yeah. even their own. And maybe there would still be more worth to explore, you know, later. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know on that one. I, I mean, if if there's enough here's the thing though if there's enough outcry about the city map part for example i could see them putting that in and they would be best suited to do it because they know where all the shit is and we don't have to come up with a bunch of scripts from people and graphics from people who it may not fit the game you know i don't know mods are fine usually but i would Mm. rather have 
it'd be way better if like Todd Howard came out and said, oh, we heard you. You guys are right. We need maps. That's stupid that we didn't do it. And I would be, I'd be glad if they did that. Um, but it's not really holding me back. And I'm feeling that feeling of just a big, cool world I want to hang out in. I want to see these places. I want, you know, in some ways, the space odyssey of it all is mis misadvertised because really what this is is a futuristic take on Bethesda games. <laughs> It, yeah. It's just a, it's a setting to play more of that kind of game in that isn't the it isn't old like you know or it's not fantasy and 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 medieval and it isn't uh, decrepit and horrible the way Fallout is those are their own world this is like hey what about future world uh, and but it's still a Bethesda game and for me that is not a problem that is in fact a benefit like I want that that's the game I want to play part of its familiarity part of it's just they make me feel a certain way. Um, you know, or, or some of these aspects, John's bringing up, not perfect. Absolutely. Like there's some issues, but I'm, uh, was there fun stuff that happened? Oh, hell yeah. I've had some crazy yeah, conversations. And, and that's the thing is like, I don't want to, I, I kind of let Scott run cause I, he's gushing about it, but well, I, you can I gush think too. there's game, no rule that there has to be one gush. I, or I one know, dry. but like, but like, you know, I also want to set expectations. Like, you know, people should. Oh yeah, but you both only played like not, five hours, right? Like this game well, ain't perfect. I've played three. I John's do, played. I do I really, I do really think that there might be something like, this is a good game. I have no doubts that this is at least a good game. Like bottom line. I don't think this is a bad game. I had fun with my time playing it. I am not as into it as I hoped I would be. I am not as put off by it as I was worried that I might be. And I think if you like Bethesda games, you know whether that's you or not. And if you do, you will probably like this game. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's... That's fair. I think it comes right down to that. Like, when people say, this is a Bethesda game, how do you interpret that? Do you hear that as a good thing or a bad thing? And if you hear it as a good thing, probably you'll like this game, because... It's got a lot of that stuff. Making a character was super fun. It's got cool perks. It's got cool abilities. It's got a cool leveling tree. It's got a world that feels like, you know, it's worth exploring. Um, I do like the art. It is probably one of the more interesting of the Bethesda games to look at, I think. Visually, and, I agree. Uh, I think that they, even though it's still, a little, it's muted, it's a style I like, but I, I also agree that it's muted. I think it's muted on purpose, but I also think the detail and the just upped quality and animation and textures and and environments is really on display here. It looks really nice, you know? Yeah. So and you're, you, I have another question. Um, are you able to fly around? Yes, but, uh, but not in the way that... Um, not in the way... Well, like, as John described... It's not no well, man's I know sky style. Like I, I assume that's like about warp travel because distance between stars, if they're going for gritty realism, is enormous. So there must be some sort of warpy dorpy thing. Right, going but if on. you're if you're out in the middle of you know you're out Planet. in orbit around a planet, you can fly all over the place. Like I flew from. Okay, I, I, I was know. starting to get the impression maybe it was Mass Effect style with no real space stuff. And I'm like, it's but how do you sort of Mass Effect? I think it's but there's better definitely than that. more flying around. Yeah, like, I would put it better than Ma Mass Effect. As much as I love Mass Effect, my biggest problem with Mass Effect is it felt like I was in a lobby all the time. That had terrible space travel. It had wonderful. Uh, 
sense well, even of walking was a pain in the ass. It puts Witcher, it gives Witcher three a run for its money for <laughs> worst walking game. It wasn't great. In I don't know way, how but... sometimes they don't make those games control good at all when it comes to walking. Mass Effect's a big offender. It's those Witcher three. Yeah. But um, no, I was just uh, I was just curious because I know one of the fun things because it did feel like it had like maybe a freelancer or not freelancer, but like um, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. Just that you're able to board enemy ships. Uh, you can definitely do that. You can. Do I've that. heard that's very steal. cool. I have not done it. Yet. I've done one. Yeah, you guys are really early, but yeah. you've done it. I've done one okay. ship, and it was great. Um, it was very fun. Yeah. The way that they handle it, instead of making it feel like um, what's that really. Simi one that, Bo, you played a ton of it for a long time. FTL? Not FTL. Um, Stellaris? No. No, not not like that, Simi. I mean, like, why can't I think Elite of the damn Danger- thing? Elite Dangerous? Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous was all about, you're going to have to manually land this shit and line, if oh, you're yeah. going to dock this thing, <laughs> line up the, sh- you know, they were going for all that really Newtonian physics stuff and all that. This isn't that. So when I went and attacked this ship or boarded it, it was basically get close enough. And when you're close enough to it, you hit dock. And then the shit, then the camera view changes <laughs> okay. to me moving up to a dock hole on that ship and then, and now I'm on it. Now I can, you know, enter it. So it's, yeah, it's, that stuff is cool yeah. too. I will say, I will say that part felt good. Anytime where I was in the chair, the ship was moving, I was pressing a button and then the ship was reacting to it. That felt good. And I think that's why the whole like, Press start to menu select space travel bothers me. Yeah, you know I understand, I mean? I understand like, that. Because the other stuff feels so good, that by comparison doesn't. It feels it feels like quality of life later, but it's the standard now. But do, even... You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, this I, is I, so <laughs> dumb. Like, I, there's going to be people that this comment is going to really piss off, but like, this is just how I feel about it. For whatever reason in my head... The fact that I am pressing start to bring up my generic menu to select space travel options from it feels awful. If instead there was a prompt that said, press start to pull up your navigation menu as part of the UI, and I did that, that would feel okay. It's literally the exact same thing, but for some reason the context of I'm sitting in the ship at the controls and I'm pulling up the pause menu to tell my ship where to go feels bad. Whereas literally doing the same exact action, but the game pretending it's in the context of flying the ship feels good. Mm. Is it and a that's, maybe star that's chart? weird for me, but like that's how I feel. No, the, is, is the star it, chart is three D. No, no, the three D. It's all three D. Zoom into these planets, out of these planets. But John's right. How you get there is via. It really is weird. It's a weird choice. So it's, it's just it could be the same menu, but you just want it originating from the hardware, not the menu screen. Yeah, basically. yeah, I think so. Okay. I, you know what? I just want it to be in a different this. place than where I go to check my inventory. Okay, we're spe- and we're spending a lot of time. I, was, I thought maybe it was more involved. No, in no, no. It's a fair. It's a fair <laughs> point to think it's nitpicky, but I think John John's right. It's immersion breaking. It absolutely is. It's, it's yeah, something yeah, like, they I, I'm not. No, I think from what I'm hearing, it sounds good, but also it. It sounds like it's easily fixable too. Then, like it's, it's not something a, they could mod or they. Could I, I kind of got the impression it was just from you know you press start, yeah you get some animation, but there's a list and you just scroll through a list and pick. No, it's more than that, but it's not. Oh, okay. But it, it is, it's like this. Imagine in Baldur's Gate, the way that you looked at the overmap, instead of hitting M, 
or whatever the equivalent on controller is. Instead of that, you had to hit pause, go to an options menu, choose map, and then get your map. It's not that it's oh. more clicks. It's not that you're getting you more have to clicks. Choose a map button. Not really. No. It's just menu? what I'm. My so, point is, is you would that would be immersion breaking if you had to go. Well, to I mean, I'd hate it. I mean, it's still it's still a UI element. It's you know, but but yeah, it just takes me straight to the map. I don't really think about it. It's nice. I right. Know. It's nice. It's just there. Yeah. Right. And this this so isn't. Do you hit not, M and go to the star map or S for star map? Or uh, there may be a key. Stroke, I don't Oh, know you guys about. both controller jockey? I'm this? playing with controller. I'm playing again. a controller because oh. when I move to, if I jump from console or from my Steam No wonder deck, you're cranky. You have so many less buttons to use when you're playing a game like Star That's not why. <laughs> you Let's start a new argument. <laughs> Bo has an anti-controller bias. He has a bias for look, keyboard Look mouse. how many more buttons are on this thing. Like, I know, no, I know. Eight. I've got yeah, like 500. There's a, of, there's a lot of buttons. There's a lot of buttons. Man. You're right about we're, that. We're all proud of your you're buttons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like these games as controller games. They feel good. I know. I'm just teasing, uh, but I do. I, like I, I genuinely do prefer the keyboard to a controller because of the buttons, the number of buttons. But there's nothing wrong with liking a controller. Yeah. That's just explaining why why I like my preferred weapon. But, but here's the thing: even on a keyboard and mouse, because I tried it, it's still tab and then mouse to the thing. It's still the same yeah, you problem. Got, you got a keybind menu, right? Probably. Yeah. It basically, I'm. It, this is purely a UI goof to me. This yeah. is them going, well, just hit start, or in this case, hit tab, and then click on star map. But what they don't realize is they're asking me to do that on a screen that is like broken up into star map, inventory, missions. Um, I forget what the upper right one is. Something. Anyway, it's like. It's like your radial map. Oh, that, that you're your used level to. up page. Yeah, yeah your level ones, up your page. Your skills, inventory, quest log, and then navigation. Yeah, so it just feels. Again, put it there. That's fine, but have the ship do it too. Have yeah. the have you you can choose where you want to do it, but have the ship go. Here it is. I'm glad you're with me because I won't lie. This feels like the smallest nitpick I know, I know. I've ever been hung up on in my life, but I'm genuinely <laughs> hung up on it. And no matter how many times I tell myself, John, this is a stupid thing to bother you. I can't help it. The fact that that's the menu I pull up for space travel <laughs> bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> like it really does. And I think maybe what it is, is like I associate that. I'm just trying to figure it out in my head. I associate pressing the start button as this is my character screen. This is my character's inventory. This is my character's skill abilities. This is my character's quest log. And this should be am, like maps. Yes, It so should control the ship. I you understand know what, I mean? what category of critique this is. I know because Crofton and I have had this conversation forever about vehicles. There are games that animate you getting into a vehicle. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. you press a button, it shows you open the door. Whether it's first person or third person... And then there's games like Halo that you just press a button and you teleport into the vehicle. Right. And he hates that. <laughs> he thinks any companies doing that are cheap bastards. They can't yeah. bother animating getting into a vehicle. Like, you took the time to put the vehicle in the game. You tell me it's that hard. This is his argumentation. It, you know, it's that hard to animate getting in and out of it. And he finds it very immersion breaking to teleport into vehicles. Well, and I don't disagree, but. It too can also be an hour long or two conversations. Yeah, no, you're no, you're totally right. This is for a boardroom at the at Bethesda Studios, right? This is for what they sh they should be talking about these things. But if your game, see, otherwise this game has got crazy immersion, in my opinion. You feel like you're yeah. just in this world, and it's a whoa. So this is this moment of, 
I mean, yeah, get out all of it here. takes is one fly in your food for you to not want to eat there anymore. <laughs> this is a good point. It's a it's, it's immersion breaking for for a meal, so that's yeah, what that's John's true. threshold is, I guess. It's just almost. it's just I do acknowledge that this is a weird hang up, and it hasn't been since Doom Eternal that something so small has caused such like consternation. What was it? I don't want to rehash it, but what was it about Doom Eternal? So the, that mission where you get to fire the planetary yeah. scale BFG, yeah. but they mm-hmm. don't give you a button prompt to pull the trigger. <laughs> you didn't it's just do a it. Cutscene. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I remember now. That's all coming back to <laughs> he me. was really pissed about that. <laughs> like, um, that's it. That's yeah, the you one all, thing that bugs you me. You both about are it. always like the Doom reboots the best Doom 2016, and I'm like Doom Eternal's better. And you're like, we didn't play it because of this one. No, I did thing. play it. I played through I the played whole it. thing. I played it. I didn't beat it. it. Oh, I didn't beat yeah, it. I liked. I felt I think there was a simplicity to 2016s that I just preferred, but it's a personal sure. thing. Yeah. It wasn't really. You know. But uh, okay, well, I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with such a weird bias. On the, oh, I want to know what you think. Yeah, after all this talk, I want to know because you'll probably yeah. see that menu and go, "What's the big deal?" It's like just click. Yeah, why is why did this take up an hour of our show? Yeah, I don't know. The, the <laughs> feedback on the game has been really weird. It's like it's, it's been hard to follow because first of all. I don't, what's what's going on with people? Like it's a Xbox it's versus PlayStation. Tribal, thing. Yeah, it's it's tribalism. so hard to read. Like they're all PCs shit. and they're inferior PCs. Like what do you have an ego about them for? <laughs> well, anyway, but that but you just did the thing that they're doing. You're just doing it from the PC perspective. I'm just, no, I'm just saying. Like there's always a bigger fish, as Qui Gon Jin tells us. So don't go bragging <laughs> oh. about your fish because there's a bigger, better fish somewhere else. It's like I've got a third rate PC with a white box. It's better than your third rate PC. See you in a black box, like yeah. idiots. Yeah. And it's not because I have a great computer, because someone else has, has a 4090 and I've got a crummy 4060. Just don't have an ego about it, is what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> Doesn't, who people, cares? People are weird it's about this. On stuff. A pe- it's a game on a personal computing device. People like, like to root for failure as well, and they also don't, they like underdogs. Why do you think people universally root for Larian? Well, part of it's because their game's incredible, but the other part of it is. They're an independent studio who deserves our praise, and it's awesome to see yeah. indie studios kick ass like this. Yeah, well, for sure. they're not big uncle on the block like Microsoft and Bethesda, who they now own, who are bigger than God, and they and and people root for that to fail. I really think that's a big part of this. People don't yes. like overdogs. Yeah, I know it's, it's weird tribalism for corporations that just want to bleed them out of money, anyways. Like, right. I, I don't want you. They're just they're cranking up the price of your Pepsi and PlayStation Plus. But then you're going to go to bat for them and not the other. Like, it's, like value uh, things that are actually worth valuing. They're just game companies. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I just want to play games. Picking your favorite bully it's, that takes your lunch money. It's like, right. well, I exactly. like That's Nelson because it. he punches me lower in the gut. And I, don't <laughs> I love that it's Nelson. Blood later. <laughs> you chose Nelson of all the names. But, That's amazing. Six All that to forever. say, it's been hard to follow the conversation because I get so disinterested in actually mining for a good conversation on the game. And that that's not that's like the base level. That's like the, the high-level conversation has also been weird, like the IGN review and stuff like that. Like, because I looked at I, I looked at Metacritic really briefly. IGN Japan gave it a 10, but IGN USA, blank? yeah, USA gave it a seven. Like blank IGN gave it. A, is it USA? They don't brand it as USA. Well, that's what yeah, it, it was IGN. Yeah. But anyways, yes. So they Scott's gave it a talked about him before. It was a Dan Stapleton review. He yeah. gave it a seven, and it's it's gone down infamously as like the worst review. Like some people, again, tribalism. Some people are like, finally, someone speaks truth, and other people are like. 
Oh, what a horrible review. You shouldn't have yeah, let him review the, it. The, the conversation becomes about reviews and not about Starfield. Yeah. That's sort of the problem. And like coincidentally, Baldur's Gate 3, which understandably is still in fresh in people's minds and all that. But right. I just feel like, <laughs> you know, the, TL, the hype on this one is it's a Bethesda game. They make great games. It's not as exciting as an Elder Scroll game, obviously, because those are, I think, the best they do. But I think everyone's very curious. Yeah. I think this game is really it, good. I think with mods, it could be great to phenomenal. Yeah. And I will say yeah. this to their credit, like usually when we have a Bethesda launch, things are busted at launch, like really busted. Three or Fallout 3, busted. Skyrim had tons of issues at launch. Uh, ESO launched in a really bad shape. They, they do this. This didn't launch in terrible shape. This game runs really well. It looks really nice. It's running at 120 or 144 frames a second on my PC with the fan barely going up. Like technically, this is a this is a good game so far. I mean, I'm only three hours in. There's a lot to play. And I may, who knows? I may get halfway through this game and go, oh, my opinion has changed. Just like anything. Who knows? It's too early. I also think the 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 milieu, depending on how much they actually adhere to it, is that hard sci-fi. So in my mind, it's kind of supposed to be boring. It's got a, it's some of that. It's, You're not wrong about it's suppo- this. It's supposed to be dull. Like there's a reason why nerds read science, read hard sci-fi, and everyone's like, "Ugh." I'm glad me. you brought this up though, because this is how I feel about a lot of Bethesda stuff versus other. I like hard fantasy and I like hard sci-fi more than goofy, colorful stuff. I just like it more. When for the most part, there's a there's exceptions to everything, but. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Like I hope there's not legendary look. space armor that looks like Mass Effect. Like I want everything to be dirty junk. Like you know. It's... Yeah, they are aiming for that, and they aim for it in all their games. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad. Everyone's got different tastes. But this is the one thing I think I bump up against with people is I want that in my hard sci-fi, and I know some people mm-hmm. don't. They want a more jokey approach, and I'm okay with a hybrid. I thought that uh, Outer Worlds from um, uh, Obsidian is amazing. In fact. In a lot of ways, this is that, but more expansive. Like those Outer Worlds feels, games. Are awesome. This feels Outer like Wilds. Outer Worlds with a budget. Outer yeah. Worlds feels more like the pulp sci-fi of the same era, not the hard sci-fi. Yeah. You know, the like yeah. crazy uh, tentacle women of Jupiter, or you know, cloud cities on Mars, or you know, like that. You can picture the covers of them, like those pulp science fiction yeah. uh, books. That Outer Worlds struck me aesthetically as that, where this strikes me as like it's Isaac Asimov, like. Um, Pay me to read it, please. Like you know, fair. <laughs> yep. Fair point. I think that's. And my a fair aunt point. used to give me all kinds of Isaac Asimov, and I would, I should have read it, but it was just so hard. I'd read ten pages and go, I don't know. I'm going back to it. No, dude. I, I had I, the I, same problem. My parents bought a bunch of his books for me because I liked Star Wars, and the most fun I had was reading the four laws of robotics on the back of the book. Yeah. And every time I tried to get into it, I was like, this is not. When I tried, I tried to read Foundation Book One. That ser- I was yeah. going to try to read that series. It's impenetrable to me, but I like it when it's like I like the TV show. Well, I mean, Arthur C. Clarke is a lot more accessible from a hard sci-fi perspective. Yeah, um, there's another Dune's like that. that. Dune's 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 very hard sci-fi, but Dune is consumable. You know, yeah, it's it's well, grounded in more realistic. Most of it. And then, the you nice to thing Messiah, too is, I think it can be a little of both. Someone is going to come out with an overlay that 
gussies up the art to be a little more colorful and vibrant, and I will download it, and I will think this game looks a thousand times better. Yeah. And I'll share a screenshot with Scott and go, look how much better your stupid space game can look as if Scott was a developer on it, and he'll write back and go, that's some bullshit, and that's just the relationship we'll have. Yeah, no, it's like, um, you know, it's whatever. The reason I like the aesthetic of ESO and not Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't want to start that whole fight, but the point it's is really like, weird. I'm looking up. there's oh, an aesthetic sorry. difference. There's an aesthetics to it all. And for whatever reason, I just lean this way. And I don't know why, because there are parts of my life where I am goofy cartoon man. But for, for when it comes to I know, stuff, that is the part that throws me is that you're an artist. Yeah. And I'm like, but as soon as things get wacky and weird, you're like, no, I'm out. I'm it depends like, on how I wacky like and how weird. Look at this fat Batman I drew. I'm yeah. Like, what no, you're totally right. You're Scott? absolutely right. Like it is a, it's a, it's a contradiction. I admit it. I don't know what to do about it. But enough it. though. Um, and I never really thought of Michael Crichton as a hard sci-fi writer, but I'm on the hard science fiction wiki page where it just gives examples. Hmm. Um, like a representative work. Some of his stuff Jurassic is. Park is Jurassic Park is one of them. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I did read that book, and it, it very much is like, yeah, is it possible some dormant DNA can be brought back? It's not. The movie is very popcorn summer blockbuster, but right. the actual book is like, it's a what if, like, you, with a concern to be as scientifically accurate as possible. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. It's a long time for dinosaurs to show up in Jurassic Park. In the game, or but in the book. At the yeah. end of the day, when you have dinosaurs. At least as we as we knew them back then, <laughs> or they got all feathered and like, well, T Rex was probably all these basically a giant chicken, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> oh yeah, Ringworld too. <laughs> what has happened? Larry Niven's Ringworld. Oh yeah, dude. I've seen books I read though, but hard sci-fi to you know, me is, uh, but I think the Expanse books fall into this. Whether people they, agree they with do. Me or they're, not. they're they're listed as a representative work. It's not a comprehensive list of hard sci-fi. I'm like, yeah. I was trying to like remember books I had read. I and find those incredibly readable, but they're years. hard sci-fi and uh, by those definitions. But I, I don't know. This this game seems to be attempting that. There's also drama and character and all that stuff. I think it's... I mean, I'll be honest about this one aspect. I'm going to play the hell out of this and I'm going to love it. But I'm actually a slightly more excited about Outer Worlds 2 as they expand. They're now a Microsoft studio. They have more money. And see what they do with that sequel a little, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited. In the same way that Fallout New Vegas is my favorite Fallout game, um, there's something about those guys. And like, whatever they're going to do, what's their fantasy one coming up? Um, uh, Skyrim-ish. It's called oh, yeah. Avowed? I can't Avowed. The name. Right? Avowed? Yeah, that's... Very yeah. excited about that. Like, Obsidian is just one of those devs for me. And they fit in that cute little category of they're still kind of indie, but they're also big. You know, well, they also seem to fall in the sweet spot, like between how we feel like outer worlds adheres to a lot of that gritty realism and stuff like that, that you like, but is also kind of bright, kind of colorful, kind of over the top and a little goofy sometimes like their whole like goofy having to always run around and kill people with a giant moon for a head. Like, (laughs) you know, it's when they're always they always have to end their sentences and. Our company is the best. Check them out today for the best deals on guns in the universe or whatever. They're always like, you know, they really play into that whole the world has become nothing but a big corpo advertising nightmare. That's why I love New Vegas because New Vegas plays with a lot of those tropes. Those guys are awesome. I would, I, I love whatever that is. I played that game, finished it 
uh, twice. I, I don't even think I've told you that. I beat Outer Worlds two times. Wow. Twice. Once? I haven't even beaten it once. once. I've played through most of it, but I've never beaten it. I beat it once on series, or no, Xbox One or whenever it was first. Maybe it was PC. And then again on my Series X. And I loved it both times, and I played very differently and had a different outcome. And that game's, you know, those are basic. That's Those guys are uh, Bethesda Jr. when it comes to games. So I love their stuff. I So what I'm saying is, at the end of all of this, uh, it's an b- embarrassment of riches. Well, I want all these things. These are all great. All right. And it will, and these sort of things are enough to divert me from this year's game of the year winner for a little bit of time anyway. We don't, that's we can fine. praise other games. It doesn't have to, Baldur's Gate 3 speaks for itself. Yeah, but people are weird about, let's, we were just talking about this shit. I'm trying to ignore it, but people well, are weird. Okay, but I will say this. I, I didn't necessarily bring this up when I talked about it. It is hard because the main game I was playing before going into this was Baldur's Gate 3. I think that's going to be true for a lot of people playing this game. One of the first missions that Starfield gives you is to you're being pursued by um, by outlaws and they're like, look, they're going to just keep chasing us. We need to go talk to the leader and get them to stop. OK, that makes sense. Great yeah. quest. Land on the planet. I go walking up and I go walking in there thinking like I'll ring the doorbell and talk to him and be like, yeah, we're going to hash this out. And all of a sudden, I'm getting shot at. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Where was the dialogue? Uh, Why didn't I have an option to be like, hey, guys, let's figure this out? Or, you know, like, I did have this brain flip that I have had to make frequently in the game, but I've struggled with, of expecting the game to react more to what I do than it does. I mean, what do you think about the persuasion system? It seems okay. It seems okay, but like even that. So like, you, there's that mission where you got to talk to the. This is all super early, so it's not. It's spoilers. not spoilers now. Yeah. Um, it's like tutorial. There's a mission almost. very early where you have to. I like I, Scott's further than me, I think, and he played three hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to talk to a bartender to find out where somebody is, and because I've been playing Baldur's Gate, I'm going to say this, and people are going to be like, "John, you're dumb," <laughs> but like in Baldur's Gate, this sort of thing matters. I was like, okay, so I want information from this guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll sit down and I'll buy a drink before I ask for information. Because if I'm a paying customer, he'll be more likely to give me information. Oh, I know this place. So I bought a drink first. And then the guy's like, if you want information, you're going to have to pay for it. And I was like, but I bought a drink. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, and like. I don't know why I expected the game to respond to me. I do know why because I played Baldur's Gate three. And yeah, kind of stuff Baldur's Gate has crazy depth on the way the world responds to you. This game is like, hey, buy a beer if you want, but I still need that thousand credits, or I'm not telling you shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the persuasion system's fine. The lock picking's fine, but um, it has. I will say, going from one big RPG to another big RPG, it is very hard not to necessarily draw comparisons. Yeah, it's. I I get that. I'm making them myself, but. Part of me is just glad to have one of these huge 3D places to be in again. I just love their game. And it's sci-fi. It's different. If you want your sci-fi, go to space and Starfield. If you want fantasy, Baldur's Gate 3. Don, you asked me, uh, you also asked here in this thing whether I'd played Sunken Land yet. I came this close to clicking, but then I was like, I can't do this right now. I have so many games to play, but everybody and their dog is saying to play it. You well, yes, because everybody went to Steam and saw that Waterworld the game 
<laughs> was number one. I, I'm sorry. Waterworld, the chore core survival game. Yeah, I know. Is available on Steam. And the first person that everybody would think of is you. I know. So I, I know. Is it Waterworld survival game? It's not Waterworld brand. It's not the IP, but it's called Sunken Land. And it's currently very popular. It's a bit of a darling on Steam. Uh, people are telling me left and right I need to play it. It's basically Waterworld. You got to build up on top and you go down to the down to the depths to find old cities and old uh, places that are all wrecked and find and scavenge things that you can use up on the surface. And it's not like boats and junk. Does it, There's, have, does it have paper? <laughs> you ever seen paper? Look at, just, look at the paper. paper. Oh, Probably. It. If I had to guess, they would. But um, yeah, it's this 19 bucks. Like it's got your name written all over it. Yeah, I think I'll probably pick it up. But I just, with all this going on, I couldn't justify it. There's just too much right now. Sea of Stars. Like it was this or it was that or Sea of Stars. And I knew I was getting Sea of Stars. And I even paid for Sea of Stars, even though it's on like three services. I was going to say you didn't have to pay for Sea of Stars. But I wanted it both. I I wanted it on Steam so that my Steam Deck, it's such a great Steam Deck game, you guys. So good on there. I think you made the right choice for the record. It's so good on there. Like, I could play it over the yeah. cloud, and I know, whatever. I had some people... I mean, you know, I'm this game's cons- early access. You got time. Yeah, I got time. I'm even considering you. getting it for Switch. Yeah, it's great. Because it is available on Switch, and it looks like it'd be better in a handheld. It's excellent in handheld form. It's excellent on screen. It's just a... Sea of, sea of Stars is rad so far. What a weird time to be alive. 2023 will not slow its effing roll. And we still have shit coming. So get ready for that. Yeah, Phantom Liberty in two or three weeks. Right? And oh I'm, I think I'm going to try and play that in VR. I'm going to start a fresh game and do the whole experience from the VR headset. I would watch oh, that stream. Yeah. The mod. That sounds like fun. I don't know. With the model work, it depends. So I might have to wait for the mod to be updated if it needs to be. But um, I'm also excited to hear about a game I almost pulled the trigger on two or three times, and that's uh, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. And John played it, and I'm jealous of John because he played it. So, John... How is Armored Core 6? <laughs> uh, this game is extremely cool. Uh, holy hell, you guys. Damn. Armored Core 6 is a fantastic uh, it's video re- game. I really don't want to hear about games being good. Right uh, now. <laughs> I got bad news for you, Bo. Uh, I've played... I was in the throes of Baldur's Gate 3 Passion. I was oh. having the time of my life it was it was ugly the relationship we were sharing, and I've still put ten hours into Armored Core Six Damn. amidst that playthrough. That's because this game, like, game is like a gaming dessert in a way. Like this game is not. It's structured in a way that is exactly what I wanted it to be deep down. It's not an open world. It's not a big thing you got to explore. You go in. They give you a mission, you put together your big-ass mech, and you go and you do the mission. And then the mission's over, and then you get another mission, or maybe two missions, and you pick which one you want to do, and you buy stuff for your mech, and you install it, and you paint your mech like a nerd, and (laughs) then you go and you do another mission, and you die, and you go, well, I made that mech terrible, let me make the mech again. And I'm going to make it better this time. And you change a couple things. You change some weapons, some systems. You change the way it plays. And you go and you do the mission. And this time you beat it. And you, you go, man, this game's good. Yeah. Like, it controls and plays. Now, I will say, there is a learning curve. 
And one of the biggest complaints I've seen about this game is people who can't beat the tutorial. It's a, there are a, a lot difficulty of spikes have, and yeah, all that. Oh, this sounds familiar. <clears throat> <laughs> there are a lot of people. Sounds like a from who, game. <laughs> yeah. Who cannot get out of the tutorial. And I will admit, it's rough. There was a moment there where I went, my. Not gonna ever get to play this video game. <laughs> like uh there there was some doubt in my in my mind if I was going to ever get to the video game proper, especially because it being the tutorial, all the fun stuff I described, painting your mech, buying new pieces for it, uh putting together a, a cool new look and style, that's all after the tutorial. Mm. You gotta beat the tutorial first. And the tutorial is 98% running around like a badass, blowing things up with zero problem whatsoever, and then all of a sudden a boss fight so astronomically difficult by comparison that you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And uh, it's funny, in the footage Scott's showing, they're about to get to it. Like, this is where... This, this is where tutorial, right? Up. Yeah. Yep, this is the end of the tutorial right I watched here. somebody do a stream and, of this, uh, and they died like 50 freaking times over and over and over before they finally it, won. It isn't easy, but the good news is, is like, it is there for a reason. It's there to teach you how to dodge, how to avoid things, how to use cover to make sure you're using all of your abilities that you're not just sitting there plinking your gun at things all the time from the ground, which is what this person on the screen's doing. Yep. Like it's, <laughs> it's there to teach you like, Hey, be in the air, get in their face, use your laser sword. Laser swords are real good. Um, and it's effective, but it's hard. So there is a learning curve, but once you get it and it clicks, what this game becomes is just absolutely one of uh, again like it's a crazy year i've said this about so many games this year but it's like one of my favorite things that came out this year it is so cool to just get in and again i love open world games i love these long form rpgs but to just go no it's a simple mission it's going to take you know maybe 30 minutes to an hour to do maybe not even that long but i'm going to just get in and i'm going to do it and I can replay it to try and do it quicker. And there's hidden things in some of the missions and cool parts to unlock and experiment with my mech so that it, it behaves differently and different types of builds. It is exactly what I would want this sort of game to be. And it is so cool. Oh, and yes, man. my mech looks like Shockwave. Oh, yeah, that's right. He colored it. You can do anything. I've seen people do Kirby mechs. They're all pink and they yep. have Kirby stuff on them. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I'm going to end up playing this. I just haven't gotten around to too many games. Gosh dang it. It plays so good too. Like that's that's the other thing. Is just it controls tight. It controls weird because it doesn't it doesn't play like 90% of the games that come out these days. Like mm. it, you know, it's a very weird control scheme. But once you get it down, you're like, oh, this is this is fantastic. Is it me or does it seem like there's like a stun not stun lock? What's the word I'm looking for? It, it, there is a stagger sta yeah. like stagger uh, phase to the fights and stuff like that. Yeah. So you part of what you will design your mechs around is you will pick weapons that um, are effective against staggering your opponents mm -hmm. and uh, you stagger them because they take more damage when they're down. So you usually want something that can, you know, kind of take out trash enemies. You want something that'll hit the stagger bar really well. And then you want a couple things that hit really hard for when they're staggered. But even then, like that's not universally true. Like sometimes you'll fight something that 
is very protected from the front. So you equip vertical missile launchers because if the missiles attack from above, they go over that front defense. Like it's very tactical. It's very fun. I've made the game so much harder by trying to just look like shockwave all the time. <laughs> so wait, can't you paint you can paint every component, right? Yeah, but like you know, if I take away the one yellow eye doesn't look like shockwave. Oh anymore. yeah. So point. I gotta have that head, and then he's yeah. gotta have the giant uniboob. So I have to go with a body that has a giant uniboob. So I'm locked in on head and body right there. He's got a laser cannon for an arm, so one of those arms has to be a laser cannon of mm. some kind. Yeah. Like, and there's you know a chunk of your build right there. Just say so you uh, know you can't say John's not true to his his true loves, and one of them yeah. is that character. You can't change yeah. it. I get it. I can't change it. I got to do it. It looks rad. That'll be a game I play. I just got to fit it in. And Bo, t- I'll bet Bo plays that. I'll One bet of these days, there'll be a Shockwave mod for Baldur's Gate 3, and you can romance Shockwave. There you go. Oh, man. Thank God. Maybe they'll put a VR version of this uh, out, Bo, and you can play VR giant mech. Yeah, they did one for Elden Ring, but I got to say it wasn't great. Oh, really? Um, No, it's not. Did they do it? It was from, did it? No, no, no! It's third party, oh, okay. like a mod, but uh, I didn't love it. Also, yeah. yeah, it was. Those games are only optimized for what's in the view window, because like when I would look around, like free look yeah. in Elden Ring, they'd be like called animation, so all the enemies would just be like two frames a second, even though the world's at regular frames a second. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's not. It, so you just basically have to look straight ahead, and it's good. Otherwise, it just wasn't. I saw the thing uh, they were they were doing um I forgot the name of the game Aloy the Aloy games uh Horizon Zero Dawn Horizon Zero Dawn they did a I watched the thing with the dev interview where um, they were talking about how they were able to get such detail on the screen at any given time and it was this, they had a cone a view a cone view a foveated view or something like that yeah, yeah but then when they if you looked behind the cone there's nothing there or they're grayed out polygons or it's all just shit. And we'd have yeah. to write it in as you moved. And this was even just like PlayStation 4 era stuff, non-VR. They were just like, this but is how we even, fit it all in. De- de- the PS2 VR is detecting eye position because mm. then it will render less pixels. Yeah, that's the periphery. foveated rendering, right? I think is what they call it. Yeah, that. yeah. So I think they're gaining performance that way. That's still very fresh tech. I don't think Oculus does a lot of that, for no. example. Yeah. But that will save you. You want 90 to 120 frames on your... On your experience, oh, there's a there's a there's a um, Aloy. What is it? Mountain Girl. There's a Mountain Girl documentary about the VR. Like, <laughs> you have a link. Like, what is it like called? It was called uh, the thing I saw was just Horizon. A, Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, but there's up the is mountain. There a VR, there's, a, there's a making of. I would I would watch. That. I'll find where I got it. I don't know where I got it. It was interesting though, yeah. and it may have been about the OG game. I'm not. I'm not sure it was much about VR talk, but. I think that's probably true of a lot of these games. If you don't need to render what's behind you, why would you, you know, until you yeah, turn? Or do the do the calculating. Yeah, so I just, it was really apparent in Elden Ring because I'd be like, look off to the side. And I'm like, well, it's clearly it's a mod. It wasn't super, it's designed well enough, but there's problems, right? And I'm yeah. like, oh, that, I don't know. Just, it isn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not like, I'm so glad I put a headset on for this. I get it. Uh, John, no prog wrestling this week. Uh, bumping it till next. Well, oh, bombs. Uh, he's you're he's muted, muted, so you're muted. Uh, he's saying, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, I <laughs> muted for coughing. Uh, and related to that, I was sick on Wednesday, so no frog wrestling. So the plan was to do it Friday. 
but then we moved core to Friday. Yeah. So then the plan was to maybe do it Saturday, but then we moved core to Saturday. Yeah. So I said, screw it. The week is off. Yeah. We'll just be back on Wednesday. This is this is real life Scott living out his villain arc in real life. Yeah, you know? I'm just I'm, I, all my cho- all video- my roles this week have been bad roles. And uh, he's like he's like yeah, your frog wrestling's great and all, but core is gonna. Take <laughs> but but, but yeah. what if we but what if we made core happen literally every day from. <laughs> Thursday to Saturday. Yeah, and then very last minute, yank the rug out from underneath you. <laughs> Yesterday, I would have been so on the toilet right now. But anyway. It's fine. I was feeling sick. What I really wanted to do this week in frog wrestling was have a big uh, women's tournament. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're... <laughs> you mean we, a women... Uh, like a... <laughs> You mean you have like an exciting uh, women's tournament? Or yeah, like a tournament a, of women uh, in frog wrestling. Not a big women's tournament. Not a big women's <laughs> yeah, like, tournament. Uh, yeah. Like to see who's going to be the, you know, the number one contender among the the female wrestlers of it's the It's just the, the way team. you said it. I don't think you, you'll have to come back and listen to it. You like said big and he, he Yeah, you're like, we have a big women's wrestling yeah. competition. Now you weren't describing the yeah. women, you were describing the tournament. The tournament is oh, big. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, it's like a yeah. fantastic. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like it was going to yeah. be a big event. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we not an event for Hurry big on. people. Yeah. Like, no, I know, but the way you said it, just real. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe we're goofballs and we just hear what we want. I heard it too. I think like y'all heard what you want. We heard what we want to hear. You're and right. And I'm sorry I'm not catering to you as a Democrat. But it's happening next um, week. I'm looking out for you. For but the in order to do that, so tournaments have to have a certain number of uh, competitors. And yeah. in order to do that, I do need to add another. Uh, wrestler to the roster and i was not feeling well enough to do that so uh that will be done by next week you know what's hard to do when you're sick creative things are hard to do when you're sick i hate that i hate that feeling if i have to get art done or like some shirt design or something and i feel like shit it ain't happening just doesn't happen your brain doesn't want to let you do it covid was a nightmare for creativity i hated that week nothing was was satisfying i hated it anyway uh that's it We've talked about Baldur's Gate already, so Bo, you're good. That's all you played, right? Yeah, that's all I played, and a bit of like Warcraft Rumble. Oh, it turns out you know because you know the before bed, toilet, bored at work. It's it's on the phone. I found myself opening it up uh, when I don't have any better options, and I hate the mobile aspect of it. It really is zero. It's the same as Diablo. Same review as Diablo Immortal. It's like listening on. to a drug addict explain Pretty why it's much. okay that he did just a little. <laughs> I'm not saying it's okay. It's a zero out of ten on the monetization. <laughs> Avoid it, but like they made a. F- it's fun, of course. I, I, I imagine that. Like I'm like you know, I, I don't even want to bring it up and even write it in. But if I'm being honest, I'm. This is what I'm, Blizzard I'm, does. I'm they still have, and I'm like you know, it's yeah. I like, I like the little kobolds and and Warcraft minions. Yeah, Blizzard still has yeah. amazing talent. And then they have a corporate structure that wants to lace everything with weird money grab, and it's so weird. It's I mean, I just can't stand judgment because I do play Snap too. I still, I'm still a Snapper. I guess that's what they call Snap people. Are they called Snappers? Snappers? Oh, I hate that. Is that real? No, I just made that up. But it feels, you know, that makes me want to die. If it was the 1960s. Ew, I'd definitely it. be a Snapper. Yeah, I don't like it. Are they? Is it? Um, is this still not in the states on beta? I think it's no. Only I think it's there. Canada only. Okay. But because I need I need to recruit suckers. I mean, other players <laughs> for the guild, so I can get more uh, ArcLight points and we can sure. open ArcLight tomes together. Well, they'll earn it all, and I'll just benefit. Kind of I mean, glad. We'll I'm glad they changed the name. On, the name's way better now. That ArcLight thing was dumb. I didn't like that. I guess so. I mean, I there's, so. you, there's, I think there's, it's. 
boring now. Well, it's bo- at it's, least I, something before. But ArcLight was the one thing I remembered about it before. Like, really? Like the yes. When I want to talk about this game, the thing I want to say is the word ArcLight. Like that's the thing that identifies it as the bullshit game that I don't think anyone should play. <laughs> I just think Warcraft Rumble rolls off the tongue. It's it's alliterative. It it's probably just- does, but that's also again ignoring the one part of the title that is like that's what identifies. This. And just to be clear, there is a mechanic in the game, like an event in ArcLight Rumble, where two parts of the map has special m- modifiers, and you earn ArcLight points for your guild. Yeah, so it'd be like if I game? all of a sudden was like, from now on, the only name I will recognize for me is Martin. Martin. Technically true, mm. technically my middle name, yeah. but nobody calls me that, and most people probably didn't even know that, that was my middle name. Is I it, didn't know. So, I Martin, knew. I knew you said this like, before, but I I want to call you Martin. Is that weird? Because I want to do it. I want to start. Yeah, don't do it. Okay. Yeah, no, don't do it. but I kind of want to. <laughs> like Warcraft Rumble, you might like it and think it sounds good, but I don't know. Okay. I just want to say John is John is a better name for John. You just want to have a friend named Martin. Yeah, I don't have any Martins in my life. None. I don't think. <laughs> uh it's a great old name. It's like someone in the twenties or something. I love it. All right. Uh that's gonna do it for that. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, dear Martha, uh, we got some other news of note, some correspondence as well. So stick around for all of that, everybody, because you know, we gotta pee. We've been here for a bit. Uh, so we're, gonna, we're gonna go do that now. We'll be back shortly. Stay tuned. 
but I can't help it while I was looking through Steam reviews for whatever reason, this one just made me laugh. And so that's what I'm going to do. All right, here it is. My dearest Martha, I present to you now my review for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, the Dimension Shell Shock DLC. New characters, new skins, more gameplay. Awesome. P.S. Usagi is the best. P.S.S. In survival mode, you can finally play as Dreader. That's never be more good anymore. <laughs> Yours in this life and the next, Larson. <laughs> His name's really Larson? That's great. Yep. Um, did he mean Shredder? He meant Shredder, right? Not not Dreader, I assume. Yeah, Shredder, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I just, for whatever reason, the review ending "That's never be good anymore" was the funniest thing <laughs> in the world to me. I love Miss. Uh, what's the word? Just bad, bad uh, translation. Whatever, whatever the cause is. Either I don't know the language very well, so I try to type something in Spanish and it's all wrong, or video games that come from Japan and they F them up and nobody knows what they really said. I can't get enough of it. We should end all our reviews. That's never be good anymore. That's never be good anymore, everyone. Don't forget. All right. We've uh, done that much. Now we can do this. This is uh, some other news of note while you were all away. Uh, You want to know what's going on with Bioware and Dragon Age Dreadwolf? Well, uh, the game had some big changes, and as as a result, big delays. And that's why we really haven't heard much. Also, Bioware had some huge layoffs, and that includes some senior lead character writers. I don't think this bodes well for the Dragon Age series to hear all of this, but eh, maybe it's normal. I don't know. Well, you know, there's a lot of speculation, um, a lot of eyes on Dreadwolf. Again, it's the it's the familiar drum at the moment. In light of Baldur's Gate yep. 3 coming out, it's hard not to say, well, what is Dragon Age? A game that, again, a lot of people talk about Dragon Age origins a lot in that conversation when uh, talking about Baldur's Gate. So uh, a lot of people are wondering, you know, wh- what is going to be the deal with Dreadwolf, which has been a game that has seen so much friction. There was a time where it was going to have a multiplayer uh, game as a service component that got a lot of negative press. It got removed. Yep. Now Bioware has done a huge swath of layoffs. And uh, even more shocking is that among those layoffs has included uh, like lead senior character writers. Like the writer for the character of Varric, I believe, was one of the ones uh, let go, which is kind of shocking. And You know, I don't know what it means to say a Dragon Age fan these days. I really only think there's been one phenomenal Dragon Age game. Um, There's been four of them, right? Yeah. Wait. Uh, Yeah. Dragon Age. No, there's been three. This will be the fourth because you had Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age second one, Dragon Age two with the single dude running around with a sword. Dragon Age three is Inquisition. Oh, is three yeah. Inquisition? Yeah. And there was an expansion to one, but that was just an expansion. Oh, right. right? So yeah. this, so this is technically the th- fourth. This is the fourth. Yeah. 
Okay. Is Dragon Age the fourth? You know what I love about this article on NME.com? It, it says, uh, our commit, this is a quote from the developers. Our commitment remains steadfast, and we're all working to make this game worthy of the Dragon Age name. We are confident that they uh, that we'll have the time needed to ensure Dreadwolf reaches its full potential, unquote. And then the article right after that says, in other gaming news, Baldur's Gate 3's first proper patch rolled out on August 25th, improving kisses for shorter races and stopping <laughs> Gale from being so insistent on a relationship. Like, e- obviously, they're having a little fun there, but it's impossible for the press to cover Dragon Age and this new game without bringing up Baldur's Gate. It will never not be true. And I yeah, think I'm starting I, to understand why everybody was freaking out about that, because this kind of press and this kind of just like pressure of constantly, no matter what you're going to say, about, even if this is all positive and they said, yeah, we're getting close. We're going to have a preview later this fall. These articles would still at the bottom say in related news, Baldur's Gate three continues to be They're going to still do it. So when there's no winning in this situation, I well, can, I Dragon know. Age was supposed to be Bioware's return to this style of game. Right. Like the fact that it only lasted for one video game is uh, sad. Yeah. Uh, but that's what the, that's what Dragon Age was supposed to be. Then Dragon Age 2 was a rushed pretend to be Mass Effect with swords uh bullshittery and Dragon Age Inquisition <laughs> is a better it was, more realized version of that. They were trying to be Skyrimy with the uh, Inquisition. Inquisition felt like a last-minute Skyrim. It's almost like they were responding then to another game. And if they're responding this time to another game, will it be as good? Or can, doesn't it? Doesn't didn't it give me? It came. Let me just see the trailer. It's giving me like a Witcher Three vibes. Definitely. Like, oh, Witcher, Witcher Three is a game people like. Yeah. They uh, have a bad habit, and this is this is a shame because you know I. There was a time where if Bioware was on your game, I was buying it. Didn't matter. I played, so I a, I played a Sonic the Hedgehog video game because Bioware made it. Yep. Wait, is that true? You what know, was it? It was a Sonic the Hedgehog Bioware game. I don't was, remember what it was called. There was a really it's a game. true. By- yes, they did. Hold on. Let me find it. I don't it. remember this at all. Bioware. Uh, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a Sonic RPG. Oh. Oh, the Dark Brotherhood. I remember this game. This was this was a yeah. Bioware joint? Yep. What? It's a DS game. Sonic uh, Chronicles the Dark Brotherhood. Wow. It reviewed well too. Yeah. Like there was a time. Any game, if it had Bioware, I bought it. Uh I think Dragon Age Inquisition is accidentally good. Yeah. It doesn't feel intentionally good. If that if that makes sense, I will tell you my biggest concern with Dreadwolf is that it is all focusing around the elf character Solus, mm. who I didn't like in Inquisition and never wanted to talk to and had zero interest in. So when he keeps popping up as like the poster boy for the next game, I'm like, like this whole series, what would it be like? It would be like if Jedi were only in one Star Wars movie oh. and it was the only part that you liked. Damn, that's a good And comparison. every sequel that came out, they kept not putting Jedi in it. And yeah. you're like, why are you not? What's going on? Why are we only talking about the not interesting part of this? 
Even that's no. kind of a bad analogy because I actually like when Star Wars deviates. From <laughs> uh, yeah, Jedi, but, but that's why I'm you just, like it because <laughs> it's a deviation, not not the norm. I mean, it is the norm. For, like, and, yeah, I get it. The characters, Varric, Solus, all these characters that like they keep coming back to the well on are all from the what I think are the not as good Dragon Age games. Yeah. Like, I think there's one good Dragon Age game, and for some reason, it and its world gets ignored. I think a big part of it is because of how much control and change and variance you could have. Like, they locked it in more for the other two, so they could tell a more cohesive story. That's probably the real reason behind it. Yeah. But again, it just feels like all they ever focus on is the stuff I don't care about Dragon Age. Yeah. They're like, well, now the villain is that elf you didn't care about in the other game that was okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. What? Great. Wow. Um, something I just noticed. Somebody was saying, hey, you guys talked about Dan Stapleton. They sent me an email. They must be listening to the show. He reviewed Fallout 4 as well. Uh, so, you, you know, he gave a 7 to... Uh, Starfield, he gave a 9.5 to Fallout 4. I don't know. Yeah. Just a fun comparison there. Uh, I'm sure people, there are people digging all that up, but I, I, I think that goes to what I said. If they're going to keep making the same game, like that's why every, that was the whole, going back to this Baldur's Gate thing, that was the whole excuse they were using to not use it as a comparison. They're like, They've been making that same type of game for a long time. They've had plenty of time to refine it and perfect it. Mm. So I'm looking at at um, uh, Bethesda and going, you've been making this exact same game for a long time. Where is the refinement and the perfection? Mm. Why do I feel like it's like The Sims where it's like a new game's out, it's got a fresh coat of paint and all the stuff that I cared about over the multitudes of mods and issues and all of that, why did none of that carry over? Why am I starting fresh again? It's a fair point. I can't argue with that. But I like Fallout 4 as well. Anyway, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing now? Oh, let's talk about more things. Volition, permanently, not permanently, 100% permanently. Yeah, permanently, that's the word. Not temporarily. Permanently shut down. This is the Saints Row people. The last game they will ever make is the poorly received Saints Row reboot. Prior to that, they are famous for lots of really great games, including uh, uh, Free Space 2. It was incredible. Never got a sequel to that. Uh, they made those amazing Saints Row games, especially 3 and 4. And uh, they made one of my favorite games ever, which was uh, uh, Red... Uh, Red. What's the name of the damn thing? Red Faction Gorilla. Red Faction Gorilla. I love Red Faction Guerrilla. To this day, one of my favorite games ever. And uh, they've been shut down. Why? Well, they were owned by Embracer Group, who bought them out during sort of an ugly uh, studio thing when T- uh, THQ went away. And then they uh, decided they weren't going to need them anymore because they're not making enough money. So, bam, they're done. Uh, something like 200 people affected, and that's it. They're just shutting them down. They're out. And I hate it. I hate this so much. I think these Embracer Group like investment uh, firms that buy games just for their IPs, it's a scourge. I hate it. I really don't like it. And this is an example of that. So F you I mean, Embracer Group. Embrace yeah, this. One, Embrace both these right here. <laughs> one ahead, thing is maybe the company wasn't doing well anyway, like because we don't know the internal politics. It might have been. I mean, it's a... I, I, I don't think we heard from anyone that they were pissed that it was scuttled because sometimes you do hear from developers, all that stuff, things are going great. And it, 
stuff got scuttled. Yeah. Like I think visceral games is like that. I just haven't seen, I don't know if anyone's seen anything like that. Obviously it affects the devs uh, who have gainful employment, all of a sudden not having gainful employment and that sucks. Yeah, I've seen some pretty skeevy things come out of it too. I mean, I haven't exactly tracked it down, but I, I've seen things come out about like the date they picked was to deny them uh, another month of uh, insurance coverage. So they picked the best possible day to ensure that they aren't going to be covered by insurance there's just a lot of skeevy stuff i mean look Mm. i have a lot of critical things to say about that last saints row i think it was extremely misguided the direction they wanted to take it and i i don't think it was a smart move um but i don't that doesn't mean i i think that people should be out of work because of a a bad game you know like yeah they seem committed to keep working on it i think it's next month's ps plus game yeah, and that's the other thing is it's gonna be it's gonna be the free game next month for yeah. PlayStation. I might. Well, no, I I canceled, so never mind. I won't be playing it there. <laughs> um, you almost, every time you almost get it, I it's get gone. right up on the edge, and then something happens. Uh, they were founded in '93 as Parallax Software. They developed the Descent series of games. Those were amazing. Uh, in '96, that's when they adopted the name uh, Volition before creating Summoner. They also did the Red Faction and Saints Row franchises, as we mentioned. They were acquired by THQ in 2000. And then this whole bankruptcy thing in 2017 happened in 2022. Volition launched the reboot of Saints Row, which is the one that they did last. And again, it's a shame because when you look at the resume, it's a ton of extremely solid, extremely good work. And the story I feel like so often is just like, well, that new Saints Row sucked. Yeah. Like, and that, that really discounts a lot of amazing things that they did do. Yep. I agree. It's a bummer. Um, what else? Uh, Larian has not ruled out more Baldur's Gate 3 content, but first patches, vacation, and then figure out how BG3 also is confirmed for Xbox now as well. So they got to get that worked out. Um, but there's hope. I think maybe some DLC or some kind of, you know. You guys said act, an Act 4 would be nice. I agree. That'd be cool. Yeah. they th- Basically, they haven't ruled it out is what they said. Like they no. said they've enjoyed making this game. They've enjoyed the world. They have not close the book on doing more in Baldur's Gate, which is fantastic news for me. Uh, I I really can't overstate how much I like this game in this world. Yeah, so bring more. I'm all, I'm all for it. More is good. And then finally, Half-Life 2 will have ray tracing and uh, some other stuff, including, well, these are, it's made by those mod, uh, the people that made the VR mod. But I saw the ray tracing demo for Half-Life 2, this, this uh, treatment they're doing. It looks insane. It looks so good. They must be doing something else besides just adding ray tracing because some texture up reses and something. Like yeah. It makes me want to play off life two again. When I saw play in VR, get your quest out, do it. That's good. I, maybe I should. It's, it's right easy. Here. It's easy to play. It's not a complicated VR game either. I mean, look, Bo. but just wait, wait for the RTX. Like you have a quest as well. I feel like I'm the only one, uh, sporting the, sporting the bandana. What, how do you say that? I like the VR. I'm a little annoyed that there's a th- I'm an, I'm annoyed that there's a three coming out and I won't have it and so it makes me feel like this is old and busted. Yeah, uh, yeah but it's not out yet and might still be a little while, so don't worry. And the quest two is just fine. It's just great. So, I uh, and it's not it's a painless sort of deal to do, right? Like you just connect it up to your Oculus, your PC, run the Oculus software, run Steam. Yeah. Run Half Life Two mod. Like it's not you don't actually have to mod anything. It's just available on Steam. Yeah. So 
Yeah, you should you should do it. I I, I need to get back to it because I only played halfway, and now I'm like, well, sweet. I'm just gonna wait till it's uh looks looks sweeter and just start again. My wife's about to do something weird. You guys, hold on. Do I need to do alcohol? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Okay, she's giving me some medicine that I have to take right this second. Okay, go. Ow, you really stabbed me. We're, oh, okay. Is that, that it? That was. Did we double it up? Yeah. Okay. So my, doc's, my doctor's got me on some medicine, and you have to take it at the same time every week on the same day. And oh, it was, why did it look like she poured it in your lap? No, it was a it's a syringe. It was not like a, oh, you see, so you just got stabbed. Yeah, but so it's, we just, just witnessed the stabbing. It just looked like you got <laughs> syringed in the the doink. In the doink. <laughs> what? What's this? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm not gonna give them. All, I'm not gonna break all my HIPAA violations or whatever. I'm not gonna say what it is. I mean, it's not even that big a deal. It's just a new thing the doctor wants me to do. Anyway, uh, by the way, you're, Scott, you're as a NDA. patient, you don't have a HIPAA like mandate. You are allowed to give no, he, your own. He might personal. be under. He might be under NDA if they signed up for experimental. No, it's not experimental. Werewolf drugs. It's not experimental. Like, I'm trying this new this new <laughs> drug. It cures cancer and has 80 percent cocaine. <laughs> be very very interesting. No. Oh, that's 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 great. Did you know that there are two other people on this show? Yeah, yeah right. You're with your free. <laughs> does, Kim, uh, does Kim know there's two other people on the show? I wish <laughs> this was free. These are. I don't want to talk about what it costs. It's stupid. Anyway, uh, it's all good. I, uh, so back to this Half Life thing. I just watched the trailer. I hadn't seen it, and I do see what you mean. Like this has to be more than RTX lighting because this feels like that old meme where it's like how to draw a horse. And it's like, draw a head, draw a body, draw some legs. And it's all a stick figure. And then they go, apply some light shading. And then it's a perfect horse. Yeah. Like, this really goes from, like, it looks like a game from years ago. And they're like, now we turn on the RTX and the game turns into a different thing. Yeah, it's wild. I, that's not just lighting. Yeah. There's no way that that's just, oh, we turned on lighting. There's no and way. all of a sudden, everything no. looks completely There's no way. Showing, they're showing a keyboard and, like... The old keyboard is just a flat box with the buttons on the texture map. And now they're showing a keyboard. And I'm pretty sure there's polygons for all the buttons because they look raised and have depth and all that. And I'm, you know, yeah. So it isn't just, it isn't just RTX being on means that all of a sudden it just knows to make a keyboard with more, <laughs> more vertices. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is a little disingenuous. That's the way to that this that. is filmed to suggest. Yes. It's like, look, RTX off. Look at this droll, bland world. And then RTX on. It's a different game. Yeah, it's a totally yeah. different game. I think they do say, they call it fact, RTX Remix, I mean, which I think may. Like, if government even knew a single thing about computers, this would be like misleading advertising. Like, I don't know, like, because it's not, that's not RTX. It's, that's RTX, my understanding, it's lighting, right? Ray trace lighting. Yeah, ray tracing is mathematically is correct text, lighting. This is literally, here's one set of texture maps, here's better texture maps with, like, normalization and, like, better, like, yes, there's ray tracing, but it's, like John said, it's a full upgrade to the game. Like, no, I don't, the video, the video leaves that out, and I don't know why. Why would you want to not say what you did? It doesn't hurt to say. It doesn't. Because NVIDIA's doing it. Yeah, but. Why not say this is, I don't know, I guess. Well, you're okay, right. so hang on. Just to be clear, Half-Life 2 RTX, an RTX remix, remix. project. Yeah. So okay, they're showing so RTX on and off, Yeah. but I believe Remix was the name of the product they had to automatically use AI to upgrade texture maps. 
Oh, maybe that's remember that a part of the keynote was a feature. I think it's called remix. Yeah. So then, and because modders are behind us, that would make a lot of sense. And by the way, great use for AI as long as it's not ripping anyone off. Oh, hundred percent. Make better yeah. looking recycling bins in my video game. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Let's go. Go AI. I'm on Team AI. Like, let's do this. Yeah, I'm. T- this is a great, great. use case for it. Yeah. Just enhance no, the work. I'm sure people love having jobs, but also it's not super fulfilling career to be the recycling bin artist. No, you know, so when you do remasters of games and your job is to redo everything that's already been done, that's not doesn't sound like fun. Let the computer do the heavy lifting, work on some other stuff. I realize there's 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 exceptions, but that stuff's very computer rack looks insane, too. By the way, I'm just like, wow, there's so much detail on that computer rack. You're going to see it for five seconds. Well, whether VR or not, I may end up having to poke around in there. That looks like fun. When's this out? Yeah, yeah. Do we get a date? Uh, Hang on, let me see the date here. Um, I must be s- hopefully soon free to play. We're almost twenty years of that game. Jeez, twenty years. I really think VR is fueling though the the old game, an old game renaissance because they just run better. You can run them at ninety, one hundred twenty frames a second. Yeah, in the headset, and if they're moddable, then that's great. The only downside is you've played them. August twenty second. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let's see. Oh, really? That means it's out. No, on August twenty second. Yeah, Wait, it should be on. Um, should be on Steam. Hang on, let me look at. Go to the, the yeah, is it Steam out page. now? Because if it's out now, I may check it out. I own. I mean, I own it. I assume I don't have to pay for it again. I want everything free. Half Life Two. Oh, we just want Half Life Two. It should be on the Half Life Two page. One of the first games we've ever probably all bought on Valve or on Steam too. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking up the new. Uh, where's the news button? Usually, these games have news button, right? Uh, usually, but not always. Uh, life usually, usually. Um, uh, so apparently, on March 18th, someone on my friends list played Half Life Two for the first time. That's crazy. Hmm. All right. uh, I'm not okay. I'm not seeing anything on on actual. Steam, All right, so, so maybe we're yeah. Who knows? Um, well. um, well, there you have it. That's your news that it wasn't our big news. And now this. That's a good question. We got some core correspondence to talk about. First, a text. Uh, this is to the core crew. Did Scott ever finish Red Dead Redemption Two? No. I need to. I recall he continued playing it on a Steam Deck, but haven't heard anything since. Yeah, it is very good on there. I'm hoping this goes on his list of finished games in 2023. Oh, boy. With everything out right now, I don't know. Uh, anyway, says also, how do you guys feel about the release of RDR1, Red Dead Redemption 1, for PlayStation 4 and Switch? An official PC release would have been awesome, but leave it to Rockstar to put PC on the back burner. Um, yeah, I thought that was weird. We've been asking for that since 2010 when that game came out. It came out, yeah. Uh, I, I, we talked a little bit about it. I think it's, I think it sucks. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I think I did see, I watched some video of the remaster running on a PS5. Um, it looked great, but uh, that should be on PC and we should be modding it and doing all kinds of shit to it. So do that. <laughs> do that, Rockstar. Why? I don't understand. They they are weird. Rockstar's weird and they don't have to do anything anyone wants. They just print money, so they'll do whatever they want to do. That's fine. They would engage their mod community. I bet you their mod community would do it for them. I would. I mean, they would. What do I mean? What do I mean? I would. I would play it. And so, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Yeah. Yes, they would. Bo, I agree with you. They would. Yeah. yeah. My brain went four different ways on that 
Yeah. Just coming off the Half-Life, like it's just happening for free in the Half-Life 2 world. Like, yep. And I'm sure people love Red Dead Redemption enough that they help you. Thank you, Anonymous Sender. If you want to hear a voicemail, you'll hear that now. That goes to the same number, 801-471-0462. This is about Grim Dawn getting a surprise announcement. Hi, Scott. This is Scott Waldeck. Uh I happen to have some information on a new DLC for Grim Dawn called The Fangs of Alchemir. I believe it's pronounced. I'm not sure. You can find it uh, on the uh, Grim Dawn webpage or in YouTube. People are talking about it. Bye. Yeah, brand new DLC. I thought they were done. They were focused on their city builder, but um, what, what's it called? Grim Dawn oh, Fangs, Fangs of, of Astrakarn. Astrakarn. Looks like some uh, northern That's snow. What you get when you uh, pop <laughs> kernels in space. That's right, Astrakarn. Fangs. Um, Karn. <laughs> no, this looks like North uh, Norse business. John, you like this? Fun. No, no desert. It's up in the uh, snow. It's another major addition to Grim Dawn, and will be priced comparatively to past expansions. Expected to release twenty twenty four. I thought they were done. I'm honestly no, apparently this is, not. Apparently, they're making more. This is so. great news. I, lo- I love Grim Dawn. I'm a fan. Yeah. So I, I but you know, I I played it late. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was waiting for Diablo and just needing an ARPG. I never got. To any, any of the expansion content, <laughs> I played the base game. Was kind of tuckered out, like it was, mm. you know, it had, it had my fill. What have I got in this game for playtime? Thirty six hours, not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. It's a, it's a little more basic, I find, than than Diablo, but it's still fun. Yeah, I like, I like it. it a lot. Big fan. Um, their other game, which is shaping up nicely, Farthest Frontier. I think that's still in early access, though, right? Yeah, yeah. You have that yeah. one, Bo. You like that one. Yeah, I love Farthest Frontier. It's good. It's, yeah. it's to me, it's a good exemplar of the genre. They added religious buildings in there. I've been meeting. I haven't installed. I've been meeting to. I have it like a giant backlog that Diablo and all these games this summer have ruined. Like I want to finish War Tales. Uh, there's been big updates coming to War Tales, Everspace Two. I would like to keep playing. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to play Everspace Two. Stupid games industry. That game's great. Um, I still have I still have Survivor installed because I haven't played it. Since. Survivor, oh Jedi Survivor, yeah. Jedi Survivor, yeah, and uh, Dyson Sphere program. Like I have these games deliberately installed. So like I'm gonna get back to these, right? Yeah, someday you will. I mean, jeez, you will one day. someday. Someday, I believe in you. I think you can do it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, just to go through my list, but I'm just like, man, I'm I'm mildly irritated with Baldur's Gate three because it's so long. <laughs> Well, um, I was trying, while you were talking, I was trying to find the latest. It looks like this might be crazy. Let me see. Okay, so last week we had a whole bunch of new people supporting us. This week, let's try this J.B. Barry guy. Where did he end? Okay. Apparently we got a ton of new people. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, apparently. There was a part of me that was sitting here going, well, what are you going to say, What horrible thing. Let me see how many we have. Okay, we have uh, none. Let's keep going. <laughs> I can't find where it starts and ends, so I'll just read some of these names like uh, Buenpo, Parties, sorry, Pards Bay, Blaine Robinson, Robert Longboy. Oh, I love that name, Longboy. Corey M. Smith, Daniel Riding, <laughs> Seb, Nick uh, Pritchard, and Sean Herman. These are just some of the, if I left someone's name off, let me know, but. Uh, they're just some wow. of the people who started joining us this week. It's amazing. Patreon.com slash core show. We need you now more than ever so that we can continue to build more and more content. 700 plus incredible people. 
Yeah. And I just want to say again, because people keep asking over and over, and it's okay. You have your life. It's more important than what I'm doing. But I'm full-time in October. Yep. Because right now, it's just sort of daily if I stream or I message. When are you, when you, when you full-time? When are you, you, know, when are you off work? You know, it's, like, it's October. It's coming up. October. October. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to do. But I do want to do some stuff for the patrons. It would be fun to do some hardcore WoW shenanigans, because that's something I still want to do with all these games around. I just I kind of want to zerg, you know. Maybe not all. Maybe all seven hundred of us get in a Discord channel and go nuts in hardcore WoW and just be stupid. It'd be, you know, something like that. So. I guarantee there'll be a very a good chunk of people who want to try that. Um, so yeah, yeah. You, yeah. If you want to learn all about it and find out how you can support us today, head to patreon.com slash core show and do that now. Frogpants.com slash core is our website, and that is going to do it for today's long but very fun show. Uh, before we leave, though, we're handing the microphone to Grandma, who's been sitting over there just kind of molting, waiting for her chance, you know, to let us know molding? what's going on. <laughs> molting, which I think is all different, molting. right? Okay. Is it molting like uh, you're, you're just getting all dusty? I don't know how that works. What is molting? I don't know. That's what isn't that what birds do where they lose feathers? Oh shit! Is that what it is? Well, I don't want to assume. I don't want to presume you wear you have you're made of feathers. So let's not do that. I yeah, mean, I'm not. Feathers, I'm John. Fast hair, grandma's skin. their own person. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't know why. I'm, I don't know why I'm conflating you both. That's weird for me to do that. So instead of doing that, I'm just going to throw it to you and say, "Hey, John. Uh, or sorry, hey, Grandma. Why don't you tell us what games we played today so people won't bug us about it all week?" Oh, thanks. Your introductions are getting as long as the rest of the show. Well, if you couldn't pay attention to this giant three-hour marathon of whining about menus and interfaces, well, then let me tell you what games they talked about. This is the part you want to be. They played Baldur's Gate 3, all of them. And Scott and John played Starfield, and they liked it no matter how it sounded. Scott also played Sea of Stars, and he played, he didn't write it, it's the Spray with a Nozzle game. Scott, what the hell is the name of the game again? Uh, Power Wash Simulator, Grandma. Yeah, that's it. Leave it to you to be into that business. Gotta get a hose, gotta spray it real good. Uh, John asked him about uh, the Waterworld's survival game, that's Sunken Land. If you thought that sounded cool, they didn't play it. But it was Sunken Land is what you were thinking of. John played Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. Thank God it wasn't just wrestling. In fact, he didn't even play it this week. And as usual, Bo just did what everybody else did and didn't do anything unique. Although he did admit to playing Warcraft Rumble. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. I hope he still has money left. Yeah. After all his microtransactions. Oh, have you paid? JPEGs. Have you I, paid any money? money, Grandma. I know a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Earned. Did you spend any in there? In Warcraft Rumble? Are you, are you willing to admit it? Or, no? I bought the lifetime <laughs> pass. The lifetime pass? Oh, John, you've got company in the lifetime pass. <laughs> no, no, no. It, so it sounds worse than it is. They don't sell a month. They don't sell a monthly pass. They just sell a a boost mm, lifetime forever. boost 
okay. a forever boost. What, I know. I, it, give I, us I, I got weak. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I was like, it's so slow leveling up. I'm like, you talk about this every week, but mm-hmm. I still did it. So, how, mu- how much? Yeah. Just curious. Canadian, how much you spent? 23 bones, I it's think. It's not terrible like if that. you plan on playing it. But they retroactively gave me my golds. That allowed me to buy a lot of units and shit. So, oh, all I don't right. Know. Damn you! Kind of want to. Yeah, it's it's bad, but I'm like that. But I think that's pretty much it. I'm pretty good on Snap too. I just buy the monthly pass. I've been pretty disciplined. All right, but um, we'll be like yeah, Bo, no, be like Bo, everybody, or no, don't be like Bo and buy the no, don't thing. buy the pass. I'm weak. I'm a I'm I'm a weak human. Yeah, but you're a good Nobody, friend. That's keep all your matters. cocaine to yourself. I'll be a crack addict <laughs> if you give it to me. Well, there you have it. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a new show. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys being patient with our weird schedule this week until then go play some video games and we'll see you then get more at frogpants.com you know most dusties don't even make it this far Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.